You know, I know it's been two weeks since the last time I've done a podcast, so uh, I am currently on vacation. I'm up at my buddy Paul Burkholz's uh, house up in Superior, Wisconsin. Everybody knows Paul. Everybody loves Paul. You heard dra- Paul on the dra- uh, draft podcast. So we're going to have a little fun with this one, <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about my Scott Fishbowl team. And, uh, yeah, kind of get into the plans for the rest of the offseason. Just remember, you're in the doghouse. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, D-Roy, and this is the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast. Joining me today is my good friend, Paul Burkholz. Say hi, Paul. Hello, everybody. Word up. <laughs> Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13 and over on Facebook, Dennis M. Roy over there. I still have not been banned. Probably won't get banned. Well, who knows? At some point, I'm going to say something stupid. Paul, do you want to tell where they can find you? At Burke5069 on Twitter, uh, Paul Burkholz on Facebook, and I probably will also get banned some ways. <laughs> I don't know. Some inappropriate joke we'll find on him. Talking crab or something. Uh, so, yeah, what we want to do today is I did get an invite into the Scott Fish Bowl, the 11th year of this tournament that is running. It is a charity event, so it is not about winning money. It is about helping people in need. Yeah. But in the end, you do want to put that badge on your sleeve that you took this tournament down. Over 1,900 participants in this event. And uh, a lot of people within the fan, not only within the fantasy community, but also fans of the game itself, uh, which is really cool. It's a nice mix and mingle of all different kinds of players. Uh, and we're going to go through the team. It's a super flex. Uh, draft uh, two running backs, three wide receivers, three flex with the super flex uh, and the flexes can also utilize a place kicker which is a little unique for a draft but it is what it is and uh, we're going to roll with the punches so what a, we were planning on doing is kind of going a little bit more round by round, kind of talking through the picks. We'll talk a little through ADP. We've got the brand new ADP chart, which was just updated and sent out this morning, Tuesday, July 13th, for the 11th. Sorry it was behind. Again, I'm on vacation. It is what it is. We'll be on time next week. Uh, we'll also take a look a little bit into the strength of schedule charts, which we will get back into uh, this week and continue to keep going uh, we'll get those pounded out uh, I am also currently in the middle of writing the draft guide to have that ready to go uh, hoping to have that done hopefully by the second I believe it's the second weekend right before the Fantasy Football Expo that I will be attending out in Canton, Ohio 
in August. So we'll be doing that. Um, yeah. Uh, hey, real, real, real quick. Uh, you are in a twelve-team, um, twelve-team half-point PPR. Half-point PPR, and there is twelve guys here that are very similar into what you do. Uh, a lot of individual, like trying to uh, a little bit and uh, up-and-coming guys doing the donations. Everybody for charity, but <clears throat> have their own uh, like podcasts and like. Right, and these all these guys. I see all these guys have their own like you know hashtags and sites on there. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. If, I don't know. Like, yeah, and if anybody, if anybody else cares to donate, it is at Fantasy Cares on Twitter. Uh, there's a link there that you can donate. Most of it goes to uh, Toys for Tots uh, uh, for awesome needy children for during the Christmas times. Uh, around the country. This isn't like one area of the country either. This gets spread out equally across the whole United States. So, so not only bragging rights, but you also raise money for kids. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Very oh, good. Pretty cool. Very cool tournament that's put on by Mr. Scott Fish. And he says some uh, supposedly, you know, guys who know their stuff in here, right? You know, supposedly, right? Yep, yep, yep. As we uh, look at their draft picks and laugh at them. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how it rolls. We've talked about this before. We do know that Superflex is one of my jams that I like to play in. Two quarterbacks. Uh, two quarterbacks. They want some two quarterbacks. They Everybody want them bad. So the quarterback always gets pushed up the board. Uh, also, a little wrinkle is with the tight end. Instead of a half point in the PPR, they are full point in the PPR. Point. Yep. The one thing that was curious about the quarterback position is there are some negatives that are involved in here, and this is based off of losing points for incompletions. Eesh. And you do gain co- you do gain points for completion, so you want the guys who have the higher completion percentage. Uh, general. You know, speaking, you always get the points for interceptions. But there's also another wrinkle with that, too, is if they throw a pick six, you lose that additional six points for that touchdown. So you want guys that you can kind of trust, or you just run with the one quarterback and you stack up at certain positions. You make your team as strong as humanly possible thus controlling your own destiny a little bit more, a little bit more safely. Uh, back with the tight ends, uh, one point full uh, PPR, but also don't they get an extra bonus points they for first down catches, <laughs> right? First down receptions, that goes with, not only with tight ends, that goes with wide receivers and running backs. Oh, so, see, okay, okay. All of them, then, all uh, of them do get that, yes. And there's a no trade in this uh, league? No, no trading in here whatsoever. It's all waiver wire. It's a $100 waiver wire budget. You know, you can run the $1,000. It's the same type of deal. Um, so, hey, tell tell them uh, how you thought your draft position was and what your draft position actually was. Oh yeah, so I was listed. <laughs> I was listed right in my wheelhouse too of uh, being right at the end of the first round in the twelve spot, which is good because this draft has a, a little wrinkle. It's an NFFC deal where the third round is a third round reversal, meaning that you know you go from one to twelve, twelve to one. And then it goes back to the guy in the 12 spot, which is what I was, man, I was fist pumping. I was just like, yes, that's where I want. 
get into the draft and I find out I'm drafting the seventh. day of the yeah. day of the day of hour before I'm drafting seventh so <laughs> that's how my fucking day went <laughs> so you gotta call an audible at seven right so the, how how does the how does your strategy change then or does it it changes in the fact that you have to be a little quicker in your decision on whether or not you're going to grab a quarterback earlier. Uh, also with the tight end because it's the full point. So you, uh, you're always thinking that Kelsey's going to go somewhere, especially in, in a more industry-type draft like this. You're going to have you know uh, Travis Kelsey going early or going somewhere around where I'm going to be at at 7. And that's going to happen in regular drafts, too. You're going to have to make that decision when you get to the half point of the first round and towards the back end. Are you going to jump on Travis Kelsey? Are you going to take that tight end? Or are you going to stick with the traditional running back or grab one of the top-end wide receivers? Me, myself, and I, when I think about it, I just don't grab wide receivers in the first round. I just don't do it. It's not my DNA. Call me old school. Call me traditionalist. But we know in our home leagues that the running backs go fast. They go fast. So I'd rather take a look at wide receiver in the second and the third round and try and see if there's any type of value that's dropping in these drafts. So <clears throat> we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> there's some value. So, <clears throat> I mean, when you really look at it, I like being in 12. There's some landmines at running back, uh, or potential landmines, I should say, at running back this year, too, in that first round. And it's whether or not they're going to drop back to where you're at in that 12 spot, or am I going to have to take that risk a little bit earlier at 7. But I think we should, unless you've got something else, we could probably just start going through this. Yeah, I was going to say, the only other uh, way I'd take a receiver in the first round is that you are going for a certain build, like the uh, the no running back build, or whatever they call. You the, know, zero, zero the zero back, running yeah, back, which is the now, I think, now maybe, I think it's called like <laughs> fading running back. Yeah, because they don't want to say zero because you don't technically. Yeah, well, but, it's because they're fucking stupid. That's what it is. So it, let's not talk about that then. Let's, let's go right into the draft. You I like st- talking about how they're fucking <laughs> stupid. That's what I do. That's what I do on this podcast. Well, you know, that's why maybe I, some guy next to you did that one year, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I won a championship uh, for last place. Uh, no. Fair. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, first pick overall, pretty consensus. Uh, McCaffrey. Yep. Christian McCaffrey, CMC, went number one. Uh, not a real big surprise, although wouldn't have been surprised if it was a quarterback. That was, uh, uh, I don't know. You want to announce the picks and I'll just kind of talk about it? Yeah, so uh, it won uh, McCaffrey. Uh Number two overall, that was Patrick Mahomes. Patrick which, Mahomes, so first quarterback off the board. The number two pick. That's kind of rich, but that's also because of the super flex. Yes, because of the super flex. And the value of quarterbacks are hugely increased. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, crazily, it's just, but it's not because of the point system, the number three pick overall is Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, which figured he was going somewhere. Uh, in the top half in a draft like this. It's happened every year since they've ran this uh, extra points for the tight end. So not a big surprise there. Um, we'll have to just see how the draft unfolds for uh, one uh, Dan 
Handery. Hindery. Whoops. Yeah, football guys. No, football guys. Yeah. So that, though, uh, right after him, which is I think is also kind of rich, but uh, we had one hell of a season before he got injured, and that's Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott at Man, four. Got, yeah, that's that's uh, okay. Very. Uh, you know, the, it's a very big surprise that Josh Allen wasn't the second. Uh, we'll kind of gloss it. it. Wasn't the second or third quarterback, and even the first quarterback really going in those top threes, but. I mean, when you're grabbing quarterbacks, you're you're going to grab who you want in what offense, and a lot of people are on that Dallas Cowboys offense. And you're going to be talking about Dallas Cowboys later in a podcast pretty soon, and you'll see why that Dak Prescott at number four actually might make a lot of sense. Yep. Uh, number five was uh, Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, uh, the <laughs> Mr. Jackson from Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, very uh, very much a surprise. He's that's. That's way above his ADP right now, um, and I understand. You know, we talked about this that it would be on the superflex, but uh, when you're talking about him being the fourth quarterback on the board, uh, going at pick, you know, again, we're looking at this um, through a superflex versus a regular draft. But I mean, your consensus top five: Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and Dak Prescott. So Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott jumped. Two other quarterbacks up there. And Lamar Jackson is typically probably going to drop quite a bit in most home leagues because a lot of people got burned last year by him. And you're probably going to get a nice little discount on him. Yeah, you might get some value there for sure. Uh, The sixth overall pick, uh, King Henry, big Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Now, I'm going to talk about this uh, real quick because here's my thoughts and feelings on it. Derrick Henry, for the most part, solid, safe pick based on the offense and whatnot that's going mm-hmm. on there. What I think happened here... Auto-draft? No. <laughs> they, no. I think she said... Uh, uh, this was a fan. This was uh, Andrea uh, Groki, and I know I'll probably fuck that name up, but um, what I think happened is she pre- put in her pre-draft rankings not thinking that some of the players that usually go at the front of the draft were going to be there. Okay. And you know why? Number seven pick, my pick, who was it? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, the consensus number two running back in the draft and number two overall player. So at number seven, taking Dalvin Cook, uh, it, it to me is just a complete no-brainer uh, in a draft like this, in any draft. If, if, he f- if nobody wants to take Dalvin Cook and let him drop, for whatever reason, people got to burn their ass over him. He's proven to be the number two running back, in my opinion. Number three, if you want to include Derrick Henry just based off his production alone, there's no way in hell I'm not taking him. But uh, thinking in, in your perspective, uh, you go from uh, learning that you're not the 12th overall pick, then you're the seventh pick, and then all of a sudden you discover, oh look, I got Delvin Cook in my first pick. Which That's a hell of a start. Which is hell of a start. Which is me basically going, did I get the number two pick in my draft? <laughs> like holy shit, right? A great start. Uh, so right after uh, Delvin Cook, uh, number eight, uh, Kittle. 
George, George Kittle. Number eight because of tight end power, man. I know, but going ahead of Darren Waller, that's a little rich, in my opinion. Maybe he's seeing something. Maybe he's seeing something. Maybe he's really liking Trey Lance or whoever. Well, you listen, know. listen, Darren Waller's the guy that's going to be going out on more routes. Kittle's more of a, a true... Uh, Overall, great tight end where he can block, and that's what San Francisco sometimes needs with that terrific running game. So the question is whether or not Kittle's actually going to get put in that production uh, based on the fact that not only are they a heavy running team, but they're maybe going through that transition at quarterback, which could really seriously affect it. Yeah, uh, yeah you're right, Keller. It should have been a pick here. Yeah. But. Maybe he's a homer. Uh, so then at nine, uh, Alvin Kamara. Let's just uh, Alvin. Yeah. Alvin Kamara. Alvin um, and Chipmunks <clears throat> is really, really. Uh, he's kind of a hot topic type running back, uh, based on the fact that we do not know whether or not Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill are going to be the quarterback, and we've seen Alvin Kamara with Taysom Hill, and it was not good. It was not good because you're relying a lot on his receiving ability. And he's a top-notch player, but are we going to get sucked into uh, Taysom Hill being the quarterback? <laughs> Option and, football. And, yeah, and he's <laughs> just not going to throw it to the running back again. So it's kind of a – it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's going to be completely uh, based on your own feelings. We'll get to New Orleans based on their strength of schedule uh, later this month, but – for right now, for me, I can't really touch him. And I'm really glad that Dalvin fell, so I didn't have to decide. <laughs> right. Um, right after Kamara, uh, the number 10 spot is Josh Allen, QB, number 10. Uh, that guy's got to be pretty happy that he fell to 10, I imagine. Yeah, I I have no doubt that he was just sitting there thinking that Josh Allen was going to fall that far. Uh, super flex draft, you got QBs going early. That was the fourth QB. Look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna haggle on that pick. Superflex, it should have happened. Uh, then uh, right there, right after Josh Allen, uh, number eleven coming into the turn is uh, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley Saquon. coming off the Quadzilla. Knee Part B because AJ Dillon is Quadzilla, but um. Yeah, the, coming off the knee injury, plus that offensive line didn't very do very well blocking wise, run blocking. It seemed like uh, he struggled, especially early. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, you know, but everything I'm hearing, no, there's a positive off season going on in New York. You know, they got Galladay, they got you know, they picked up Rudolph from the Minnesota Vikings. They gave that. Mr. Daniel Jones, a lot of weapons. They're pointing in the right direction. Their defense was pretty good last year. Yeah, you know, defense like, is very, very good. So, I've talked about that. You know, you get maybe some three and outs, give the guy some extra carries potential, this at least is, on paper. This is a make <laughs> or break year for Saquon Barkley. All right, all right. If he does not do it this year, he is never going to do it. Mark that down. Print it. I'm writing it. There we go. <laughs> Written down. Make or break. Okay. Well, let's go to our last pick in the first round. Yeah, so I imagine he got a little nervous with the quarterbacks going, and at number 12 he went uh, Justin Herbert, the old Chargers. I want to say San Diego. 
I always want to say San Diego. I know, San Diego Superchargers, but it's the LA Chargers. Chargers. Los Angeles. Not playing in that soccer stadium anymore. Uh, Justin Herbert, uh, a lot of people are high on him. They're high on this Chargers offense now that Anthony Lynn is no longer the head coach. How about Uh, that offensive line, too? Offensive line is very good. It's basically a former Packer offensive line. Green Bay West. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So, Justin Herbert, not going to, I mean, going as a fifth quarterback, that's right about where he's at. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bat an eye on it. Right, and then thinking of that to turn too, you're at the 12th pick. What when it's gonna? I mean, you, I, yeah, you get back to back now, but like this, well, you, you know, there's a run on quarterbacks, kind of. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, you're a little worried. You want to get your guy if you're, you know. And here uh, we can see talk, we can, can talk it. about this now too, since I like I like drafting into that 12th spot, uh, especially in superflex, and I want to. You know, kind of get my quarterback. My typical way to play in a super flex is I will not take a quarterback in the first and second round, even if there's a huge draw. Because quarterbacks, you know, you can say what you want. The running quarterbacks do put in a little bit more points because they accumulate uh, generally a point per every 10 yards rushing. Um, but it's such a it's such a bland spot like there's nothing that really makes a quarterback completely stand out to where like if you went with a top end quarterback versus say the 12th quarterback or even into the QB2s in a super flex or a two or two QB league those quarterbacks are not going to be the ones that are going to win you your weeks your titles usually it's going to be out of your running backs your running backs and your wide receivers in general because they're going to have those big explosive games so that's who you want you want the more explosive type games yeah they can throw for five touchdowns but if you're going against a guy who's throwing for say maybe the same amount of yardage but only three touchdowns it's still not going to kill you and that's in my opinion so what I generally do in a super flex is I will wait usually for the 3-4. Now, it's a little bit, it might be a little bit different with that third round reversal in there. But at the same point in time, if that third round is coming to me and I got the first pick in there, why draft him there when it comes back after the second round? I could grab my quarterback right in there. Yep. Yep, yep. So. Let's see what we had come off. We had five running backs come off. We had two tight ends. And we had, what, five quarterbacks? Yep. No receivers. No receivers. No receivers. Mm-hmm. That was a little odd. That was a little odd. I thought at least one wide receiver would have went. Oh. Oh. But we're going to start here in the second round. All right. Goes into the turn, and we just talked about him. Waller. Waller. For the Raiders. Which? So he went Herbert Waller. Herbert Waller, I mean, right. I get it. Oh. I completely get it. It's, uh, again, it's with the elevated points for the tight end spot. Uh, you're grabbing the best one on the board for, uh, by far right now, let alone you just got a discount because, uh, like I said, George Kittle got taken earlier and it really should have been Darren Waller. Yep. And then uh, the, uh, the next pick after that was uh, Russell Wilson for the Saquon Barkley owner. Which I hate. That's a, hate. I don't know if I like that, but I think 
some of these guys are getting nervous with the quarterbacks because then the very next pick after that is uh, Murray, which is Arizona, which is kind of the value pick. So you got Josh Allen and Kyler Murray paired up together. Yeah. So really, you don't have to worry about quarterback for the rest of the damn draft. Yeah. You can just grab some scrub, really. Yeah. And also, too, I should mention this too is. They don't generally grab three quarterbacks in a super flex either, and it's 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 a not it's not a very popular thought process with it. And what it is is in a draft like this, twenty two rounds. Yeah, I might grab a third. I might grab a third quarterback. But if you are grabbing your quarterbacks with later bye weeks. What will happen is you'll get the guys in this in a super flex draft. They'll drop their third quarterback once they get through their early bye weeks. They'll drop the guy that they don't need. So saving your budget, your saving your budget, you yeah. grab them on the waiver wires. Huh? That's been a, that's been a little trick that I've been doing, and it worked. I did it in a uh, semi. Expert type league, and it worked out really, really well. I started kind of hoarding on quarterbacks. You know, you get those guys on your back on your bench that back into your bench that you're not going to use whatsoever, and you start dumping them. You start picking up quarterbacks, and then you just start playing them on their weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So right after Murray, then coming back down, uh, the Kamara owner grabbed uh, Tyreek Hill, Kansas City. High-end wide receiver. The, the first receiver off the board. First receiver off the board. Uh, Quote-unquote consensus number one right now. Uh, we've talked about Tyreek Hill. He's really boomer bust, but he did really, really well last year. He was really, really good. So, But he is the key. He is the true key to that that Kansas City offense. Um then, in my opinion. Yep. And then uh, Jonathan Taylor for the uh, Kittle uh, Kittle owner. So he made his first good pick with uh, Jonathan <laughs> Taylor here. Yeah. Uh, not, to, not to kind of stab him in the gut, but, you know, yep. it is what it is. Uh, very good pick. Very high on Jonathan Taylor. He is the number one in that Indianapolis offense. They're getting that offensive line fixed. Um, God. Eric Fisher. Who oh, they brought in. Yeah. Is he coming off an Achilles or something, right? Coming off the Achilles. Yeah. He is expected by them. They said he's looking really good. Uh, he's expected to be back after a month. So we're going to have to take a look at that offensive line, um, especially on that left side, and see who's going to be kind of filling in for that time being. Because the they had an old school dude uh, retire on him this year. Uh, yeah, Costanzo. Costanzo, yeah. And it was kind of a sudden thing, because it wasn't in post-draft when he retired. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you know, like, hey, buddy, you know, you do the team a favor. Like, retire before the draft so we know we can get a guy, you know. Now we got to get a guy. So so he kind of gambled on Fisher uh, coming off an injury, but uh, that's not a bad plan B. Go out of the, you know. <clears throat> Take a shot on him. He didn't sign a, a very, large con- uh, very large contract, which was very, t- yeah, I mean, Helping the team out there, even though they don't need it, because they've got gobs of freaking money underneath the salary right. cap. But so I'm gonna call timeout. So here's what I'm saying. Now your pick is up, mm-hmm. right? So uh, when it's coming down to you, okay, Jonathan Taylor, Tyree Kill, first receiver, Jonathan Taylor off the board. 
Now it's coming back to you. You know uh, your situation. With, uh, uh, you got your pick, and then you're going to reset and come back to you. Right. Uh, what is your mindset right now? Like, I mean, you got... I mean, you got Ezekiel Elliott, you got Eckler, you got uh, a couple quarterbacks out there, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, you got uh, Devontae Adams out there. Uh, yeah, this, it's so, this, at this point, I'm not thinking quarterback at all. Not thinking quarterback at all. So no. you're going to go back to back, running back here. And so, like, like, yeah, what's your mindset here th- when you're when you're when it's coming up to your pick? When it's coming up to my pick, I had three running backs that I was. Three, actually four running backs that I was really kind of intrigued on, but it was really three that I had in my mind that were the definite ones. That was Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and Nick Chubb. Okay. Jonathan Taylor, because I love, I love the offense. He's a stud in there. Nick Chubb, because he's just a fucking beast, and he's got a great offensive line that he's behind. Um, he is the lead back, no matter if Kareem Hunt is in there. I'm not worried about Kareem Hunt whatsoever. And then Austin Eckler, because of the offense that's coming over to him, um, Justin Herbert loves him, you know, can do the check downs to him. Just stay uh, healthy, all day little and buddy. Every day. It's just whether or not he can stay healthy. So that's why I did not take Austin Eckler. Jonathan Taylor came off the board right in front of me, so it was a no-brainer for me in taking the the safe pick, the great pick, Nicholas Chubb. So uh, the, my second question is, too, now, are you starting to get in your mind your roster build? Like, are you are you pre-de- predetermining your roster build? Or obviously, a lot of times you play out the draft and see how guys are going. You see some quarterbacks are going hot earlier because of the super flex. So now coming to you, are you thinking overall roster build that now, now or best available, or are you – you uh, yeah, well, like, what's your thoughts on that strategy? Like? After this pick, it's going to come down to um, best player available between the wide receiver and running back. I have no interest in doing the tight end unless, say, a guy like T.J. Hawkinson fell to me in a draft like the uh, in a draft like this. That would be the guy that I would want. Um, but it it, it really comes down to best. Best player, but well, yeah, Nick Chubb by, by far right now is like the super like shiny out of right. all the what's available. You know, right. like, so it didn't matter. It really didn't matter to me for that right there for wide receiver, running back. It was just the best available. Unless T.J. Hawkinson fell, then I was thinking maybe I'd pull the trigger on tight end. All right, so after you select Nick Chubb, the very next pick after that is uh, Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh, oh, Tom Brady oh, oh. A little bit quick, but. Uh, Derrick Henry, Tom Brady, okay. All right, that's enough of that. And then uh, <laughs> right after that, Aaron Rodgers. So Which is a big risk. Big risk. Big risk, at least for right now. But they paired it up with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So that's a uh, solid. Okay. And then um, the Dak Prescott. Obviously, I think we got a Dallas fan here because uh, they paired him up with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. That's... But then again, it's value. That's what's left. It is value, but at the same point in time, you really want to pair your, your running back and your quarterback. I'd rather. I mean, I'm hearing about this whole ooh team stack, team stack, and just stack the team. Uh, boy, no, the you're new. gonna try and grab fucking Amari Cooper. <laughs> if you're gonna do anything, you're gonna try and grab Amari Cooper or uh, C.D. Lamb. 
and just do it through the do it through the passing game and use Dak's legs, not fucking Ezekiel Elliott. Come on, that's just. In, it's just my opinion. I'm not going to rail on anybody doing it, but at the same point in time, I think it's just fucking stupid if you're going to do. I've seen this tried over and over again with the quarterback, the running back, and a wide receiver out of there, and it doesn't fucking work because something fails in there. You either. It's almost like one or the other. The very rarely it's paired like either the quarterback or the running back fails. Yeah, it's yeah, and or you end up picking the wrong fucking wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're going heavy. If you're just doing it as as wide receiver quarterback, I'm okay with it. If you pick the wrong guy, you pick the wrong guy. I'm not going to get on your ass. You're still accumulating the points off the other guys. But, I mean, if you're going full stack, fuck that. I don't want to accuse him of being a homer, because uh, I don't even know the person. I mean, but it, I mean, it does look like he's a Dallas fan. I mean, but uh, yeah, uh, Eckler over Elliott, Elliott over Eckler, that's pretty close. So I, I, won't, I won't call him a Dallas fan yet. It's pretty close. Uh, but, I would you know what I mean? still want Eckler, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, so right after that, then um, coming back down, uh, the third overall guy uh, picked uh, just uh, Burrow. Joe uh, Burrow. Joe Burrow. I said almost Justin. Yeah, coming off the knee injury, but hey, the flashes he showed. He's got new weapons now. Yep. Uh, Look really good. Yep. Uh, right after Joe Burrow coming down, and then uh, at the end of the second round, uh, uh, Tannehill. Just play Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. QB 11. So we have 11 quarterbacks off the board already. Jeez, the first two rounds. <laughs> and then the number one overall pick. Uh, this is an awesome pick for him. He got McCaffrey in one, and at number 12, Austin, Austin Eckler. Eckler. Yep. So that guy has to be pretty ecstatic for starting his first two picks. So instead of him getting his third pick, right, it right. starts all the way back down to number twelve. So he doesn't get the back-to-back picks here coming in turn. So correct. So uh, bam, come back down to uh, T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah, and number twelve coming back down. So we got Herbert and two tight ends. So interesting start to a team build, but it's a super flex. You got a lot of opportunity. You know, a lot of options. Well, mix and max parts. You get, uh, mix, yep. mix and match you get parts. The three, you get the three other flex spots too, outside of the super flex. So, I understand it. You get two of the top tight ends right there with Waller, T.J. Hawkinson, and with the point bonus. Uh, okay, I see where he's going with his team. All right, I, I can't quite be mad at it. And as soon as I see that pick come off the board, tight ends are off the board for me. Tight ends are off the board. It's like, all right, tight end. Tight end priority goes. Sinks. Sinks. Incredibly. Okay, so now, okay, so then now you're thinking what? You're all right? Maybe a. Still best available. Best available. Running back. Okay. Okay, so after TJ Haggison coming back down to number 11 spot is uh, uh, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, good pick. I like Aaron Jones. Nice. Well, with like or him. with or without Rodgers, he's going to succeed. Yeah, they're going to feed him. Yep. They're going to feature him. They're going to get him the ball. They Whoever's just paid the fucking quarterback. Money, you fucking do it. We've got AJ Dillon to back you up. So they're going to run him until his ankles fall off. Yep, yep. And then immediately after that is always an interesting pick, uh, Joe Mixon. I like Joe Mixon. Can he stay healthy? 
offensive line has been kind of shady. Had a pretty solid tail end of the last year, especially with Joe Burrow. Uh, or was it tail no. or beginning of the year? No, 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 no. He only had really one great game. But mm. the funny part is, is that he was still an RB one after that game. You know, through that game, and that was like two games before he got hurt, and then he was out for the rest of the year. That's right. And then he never came back. They never put him on injury reserve. They completely fucked my that's team. That's right. That's right. That was the year before. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, had a solid. Had a solid year behind a bad offensive line the year before in 2019 to finish it off. Last five or six games, he was just amazing. Thinking. So they've done a little bit of work on the offensive line. It's a better offensive line than what it was last yes. year. Um, but it's. To me, in this in this spot behind Aaron Jones, I don't know if I can even pull the trigger. Um, he belongs a little bit back still, I think, in my opinion, back by C.E.H., Antonio Gibson. So a little uh, early for absence. him. I think it's a little bit early, but, I mean, if he's comfortable with it, okay. Mm-hmm. Mixing up the board and then Stephon Diggs. Yep. So we get our second wide receiver. Second wide receiver. And then this is his early roster build. He went Kamara in the first, Tyreek Hill, because he grabbed the first receiver off the board, mm-hmm. and now Stephon Diggs. Yes. So he's starting to create he, a, a decent-looking or uh, maybe a certain style of roster build so far. We'll see. He's basically <clears throat> what I'm thinking that he's looking at is you need the three wide receivers. You only need two running backs, so he'll have his quote-unquote stud running back. And then he'll find a capable RB2, RB3 to pair with. He's trying to, what he wants to do is he's going to try and, he's going to try and get the three studs right off the bat. Okay. So then uh, Stephen Diggs and goes right into DeAndre Hopkins. Which pisses me off because it was right Right before you. Yeah. Right in front of me. Little flashes of the Goat Humpers League there, yeah. uh, getting Hopkins in a. Oh, <laughs> man, I got Hopkins last year, man. It was great. <laughs> Dropping down yeah. at the end. near the end of the third round. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just listening to you in the background going, yeah, let him fucking drop into Roy's fucking lap. All them goat hoppers are a bunch of idiots. I draft. Oh, sorry. They're like all my best friends. So, uh, my family. So, Hopkins goes right before your pick, which is a great value right there. He's He's got, he went Kittle, Jonathan Taylor, Hopkins, and now it's coming back to you. Bam, you see, well, I wouldn't say a run on um, receivers, but uh, the three, uh, let's see, yeah, three, the top three guys are off the board, potentially. And, and in my opinion, right there's two guys that I'm looking at. I'm looking at Devontae Adams of the Packers, and I'm looking at Calvin Ridley of the uh, uh, Atlanta Falcons. And really what it comes down to is I like them more than I like the running backs that were on the board, so I figured this was the time to take take my top flight wide receiver. Well, yeah, because you started out with Dalvin Cook, Chubb. Yeah. So, all right, yeah, it makes sense. Um. Basically, we kind of talked about we kind of talked about this one. Kind of took a look at the schedule, took a look at the strength of schedule. I thought we had a good conversation on this, yeah. Um, and it wasn't so much. It had nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. No, it had everything to do <laughs> with 
looking at the schedule on the back end, um, which, I mean, it's kind of you can say is kind of dangerous. You can say, oh well, you shouldn't look at the back end of there. You got to make it there. But when you look at the strength of schedule of Devontae Adams, the fact that he does have to play outside, are we going to have the inclement weather versus Ridley in an offense that has is on a team that has absolutely no fucking defense whatsoever, playing in the domes, they're going to have to throw. He's a stud just as well. And basically the pivot went to Ridley at that's just how it is. Yeah, that was a fun conversation. We were talking about that, and I was like, hey, man, you know, like, as much as I love Devontae Adams, I mean, like, this is like, I mean, dude, we're diehard Packer fans. How do you not take Devontae Adams right. here, right? Come on, right? And then, right. all right, hold on. Hold on. Calm down. Let's take a look at it. Take a deep breath. And I was like, well, first, let's play devil's advocate. Why not, like, DK? Like DK Metcalf in there. Nah, yeah, we kind of looked at that one too. Yeah, we, looked yeah, his fucking, we looked at his schedule too, and we're like, nah, I, don't know, I don't know about that. So I was like, hey, bro, I just listened into your podcast, and you were talking about the quarters. And we got down to the fourth quarter. I was like, hey, why don't we take a look at Devontae Adams and uh, Ridley's fourth quarter? And then, so I was like, okay, let's bring it up, right? So I think it's, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. The last five games, I think. I think it's at home to Panthers, mm-hmm. so you're indoors. At home to the 49ers, indoors. At the Lions, indoors. At home to the Buffalo Bills, indoors. And then you finish the season at the Saints, indoors. So the last five games, you are indoors, right? Then you compare that, like, to Devontae Adams. As much as we want to pick Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. he's like, they're out there like, Outside Soldier Field, outside Packers, like outside, they're all yeah. winter games and they're all outdoors. And you think too, Atlanta might be behind. They're gonna be behind. They're gonna Every be behind. Ridley's their number one. I, 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 I think it's just total common sense. You go Ridley here over Adams. I mean, <laughs> if you want, if you want, to get, <laughs> you know what I mean. You, like, yeah. if we want to do this based strictly on the numbers, the strength of schedule chart that I've done. Mm-hmm. Here's what it is, and we'll see well, if I was right. Known, here, yes. here, we'll see if I was right. Okay, mm-hmm. so again, we do the strength of schedule chart. It's full season, first half, second half, and then by quarter. Calvin Ridley, twentieth hardest schedule on the board, according to pre-draft pre-rankings. We've looked through this. This is pretty damn accurate uh, based on the moves that have happened this offseason. First half, he has a 23rd hardest schedule, 16th in the second half, which is fine for a guy like uh, of his stature. Near elite. I won't say elite. I will say near elite. Mm-hmm. He can prove it this year without Julio Jones there now. By quarter, 26, 13, 8, the okay, third little, quarter. Third, the third quarter. quarter. Yeah. Which is a little bit harder. That's because he's got uh let's see here. It was Buccaneers. Buccaneers, uh Patriots, Patriots. Cowboys, not so much. Uh, you know, yeah, Dolphins Jag- are in there. Jaguars, Cowboys. I mean, it's oh, yeah. still not a bad it's not a bad schedule. Panthers were included in the uh fourth quarter. Okay. Uh and then the fourth quarter was a finish up with the twenty fifth. So twenty fifth twenty fifth yeah going into the playoffs yeah yeah so twenty fifth hard which is not number one hardest it's the twenty fifth out of thirty two so now right 
Let's make that clear. Yeah. yeah. 32 <laughs> is the easiest schedule. Easiest. So you're 25. So you're pretty close. I wouldn't say easiest, but you're pretty close going into playoffs. So we did not have access to these numbers when we were in conversation. No. Okay. So this is just based off us looking at it and us kind of tinkering with the numbers, you know, kind of through our head, Counting through sense, what, like, you what know, we know in football. Basically, I've been banging these numbers yeah. as well, too. So, again, full season halves and quarters. Full season, Devontae Adams has the 11th hardest schedule for wide receiver ones. First half, 28th. Second half, 5th. This is a no-trade league, too. League too. Mm-hmm. So, by quarter, and the first quarter is what drives... Drove that 28 up, and that's 29th hardest schedule. So that's money. Early on, Devontae Adams in the season, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, you idiots passed on Devontae Adams, yeah, yeah. Second quarter, 15th. Third quarter, 5th. Fourth quarter, 7th. Yikes. Tough second And we've talked about this, too. That number is going to get a lot harder because he's got the fucking Vikings in that back end. Of the half, he's got him twice. Now, can we say, yeah, what's the last five games? Last five games. Bears. <laughs> Outside. Bears, which is going to be kind of, uh, But they're rivals. Yeah. Tenth with the Ravens. <laughs> oh, Raven. Outdoors. 25th with the Browns. Outdoors. And we've already <laughs> talked with Cleveland that that secondary is going to be terrific. And you got fourteenth uh, with the Vikings, and that's going to get better. Mm-hmm. And then thirty se- well, thirty second with the Lions. But Lions, the uh, week of the playoffs, the championship week, right? Yeah. You could be or, completely out before yeah, you, you even <laughs> get to Yeah, so he's, there is a goal. And, and look at here, he's <laughs> off week thirteen. He's going to be off the week before playoffs start, and before that, he's got to deal with the fucking Rams. So. Is, Rams, Vikings, Seahawks. Dude, and it's so, that. so it's kind of cool that once we look at the numbers and we looked at the schedule and how to play it out, like us just talking, coming down to Ridley, and then we looked at it. Ridley, we made the right decision. Ridley is the pick. <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I loved it. That was a great uh, – dude, that was cool back and forth during the week. Oh, I right. brought that up to a couple guys at work, too. It was, it was fun. Okay, so back on track here. So after Ridley, coming back down, uh, the very next was uh, Najee Harris, Pittsburgh Steelers running back, Alabama. Don't like it. Well, he went there. Oh, yeah, they went Derrick Henry, Tom Brady, and Harris. That seems a little early. Seems a little early. Bad offensive line. We can. We I can, love him. We can pound it. We can pound it as much as humanly possible. We love the player. Definitely the best running back not, in the draft. Yeah. You know, do not. That. Do not love the situation right off the gate. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take. It. I mean, it's gonna at least take after this year, and then that's when I think he just. Hop on Najee Harris because I think what's going to happen is he may crack RB1 status, but I think he's going to finish as a high end RB2. And that's going to be kind of like CEH, and people are going to get scared of him, and he's going to drop in value just like that for this year. So, right out of right after Harris went Cam Akers, which, ooh, wee. I like that one. I do like it. I love it. I like that one. Show some explosive signs. So Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, and then his first running back is Cam Akers. That's 
All right, I like the way he's going with that roster build, or he or she, I don't know. <clears throat> uh, let's go district. Yeah, that's a dude. And then uh, right after Cam Akers went uh, Devontae Adams, which we just talked about. Yep. So went Dak Prescott, Ezekiel, and Devontae Adams. He's got to be pretty happy. Very good. very good start. Yeah, a very good start. The man, there's a lot of value, a lot of big flash, a lot of big, you know, like the championship-type guys right there. So, yeah, as long as the Dallas offense doesn't flounder, he's going to be set. So went Devontae Adams, and then coming back down, uh, the very next pick, and we both love this kid a lot. It might be a little early for him, but Antonio Gibson for Washington. Antonio Gibson, would love, love him in the draft. Love him, yeah. Love him in the draft last year coming out of Memphis. I mean, uh, I drafted him in our home league early because I, how much I loved him a little bit. You know, like, maybe a little early here, but I think if he's got the same love as we do, I can see why he went early on him. A little early. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably a little early in this draft, um, but I would say that if you're talking 2-3 turn, definitely early third, I I wouldn't fault you for taking Gibson yep. at all. Yep, yep. At all. And uh, <clears throat> E-H-C's, E-A-E-H. Clyde, Clyde Edwards, Edwards are there. My guy from last year, my number one pick for running backs, or my, my number one rating running back. And... Uh, yeah. Coming back down, I, I like it there. I think it's great value. You got Mahomes, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Edwards. I don't think he was. I honestly don't think they were trying to pair uh, Mahomes and Edwards. I think this is uh, in terms of what he was looking at. I think he, he thought that was the best valuable, best valuable running back on a board. Yep. And uh, I would agree. And then uh, is that AJ Brown or this, Antonio? This it's got to be AJ Brown. AJ Brown. Yeah. So the number one guy went uh, McCaffrey, Eckler, and now A.J. Brown. So that's it's a hell of a start, man. A solid start. <laughs> hell of a start for number one overall. So, bam. So now we will talk into, we'll go into the fourth round here. Fourth round, fourth round. Let's get to the fourth round. Who is top pick in the fourth round? Kyle Pitts, Atlanta. Kyle Pitts, the rookie. We talked about this. Uh, we've talked about his schedule. It is very, very nice in terms of strength of schedule because he's going to get moved from tight end, wide receiver, kind of get flexed out a lot. Um, and Julio's gone, so there is a uh, window of opportunity for more. Uh, for someone's got to take that production up, you know, pick yep. that production up. So. Uh, so, yeah, so he, that, uh, first round, uh, number one overall pick starts off with McCaffrey, Eckler, A.J. Brown, and he comes back going up in the fourth round, Kyle Picks. Pop hits, excuse me. Still seems a little high for me. I would think that maybe Andrews would sneak up above him, um, but at the same point in time. Rookie tight ends. There's like this, like. There's a learning curve. Yeah, there's like this haze over him. Anyway, uh, going back up in the fourth at the number two overall is uh, Swift, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift. We like the kid. Lions love him. Like the kid. Have a little bit of worries about Jamal Williams, uh, especially with some of the con- uh, the comments that, you know, offense coordinator Anthony Lynn has talked about. Lynn, Dan um, Campbell, trying to be like the ground and pound. I'm going to take you out at your ankles. They want to be a tough running team. Swift, I wouldn't say he's not a tough runner. I mean, he's he's a, he's a slasher. He's got great cuts. He can catch the ball out of backfield. Like, he's a complete back. 
But maybe not uh, the prototype of what they're trying to approach portray yeah in lion's camp i would agree but he does have an immense upside oh. we i i love the kid coming out of georgia so i mean i'm not going to i'm not going to fault anybody for taking him so, i like it especially in this spot in this spot it's perfect fourth round yeah uh next up on the third overall going back up in the fourth round and jalen hurts uh, philadelphia quarterback uh rookie season the second half of the year looked pretty sharp at times Looked inconsistent, but now he's a full guy, a full season guy, man. He's the man. Yeah. Love Jalen Hurts. <sighs> Talked about him last year that he was kind of one of the QBs to watch. Uh, he was, you know, pretty much projected as, like, say, a fifth-round pick, and then Philadelphia moved up to go grab him, uh, which was basically kind of an indicator that maybe it was spelling the end for Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. So Jalen Hurts will run. Uh Unfortunately, it's probably an early make-or-break type year on whether or not this coaching staff is going to stick with Hertz or if they're going to end up moving on. So Hertz really has to play. <laughs> there's Hertz and there's not exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Next joke. Got to move on. Boom. Uh, Matthew Stafford, <laughs> another quarterback. So a whole mess of quarter, a plethora of quarterbacks already off the board coming back up on the fourth round. Matthew Stafford. In the new LA Rams, I like it. McVay, I like the offense. I like it makes sense to me because it's like the, uh, you know play action. Uh, everything is in sequence and uh, formation. It, it's, it's rhyme and rhythm. This is a good fit for me. I, I think like, this is a good fit. I like everything mm. about that offense, yeah. especially for Matt Stafford to really show off what he can do as a stud running back behind him. The only issue is that he does go to a team with a really suspect offensive line again. It is really fucking old. And that's kind of the problem. Is he going to end up running into those same problems that he ran into Detroit, where he's going to get sacked, he's going to get hurt? That's the only question. Now, in a regular one-quarterback draft, Matthew Stafford, you fucking wait towards that back end, you know, 8-10 round? Fuck yeah, I'm over him all day. All day, every day. Superflex, two-quarterback league. Risk versus reward. Well, And that reward can be very huge. Uh, and if you look at the, the character who is drafting here, he did take a risk on doing Dak Prescott in the first overall pick, and then boom, Matt Stafford. So he's he's going a little. He's gambling. He, he's, he's, trying playing risky. he's playing trying to risky. He's playing risky. All right, I like it. Next up, DK Metcalf in the fourth round, going up. If you say you got him in the fourth round, I'd say you got a pretty good view. I don't know. To me, I thought you know he's I mean, a touchdown guy. I mean, especially for a team that took two quarterbacks with their first two picks. I mean, you gotta you gotta like what he's doing here. With Cam Akers in the third and then DK Metcalf in the fourth. Fuck, he's got two top ends right out the gate. So, no fault with that pick whatsoever. I like it. I like it. Um, and you're on deck, and but the next pick, another quarterback, the rookie, Trevor Lawrence. Spicoli. <laughs> oh, bro. Spicoli. A little early. Hate this pick. Yeah? I hate it. Um... Uh, no interest in him at all? I don't have any interest in him, and it's no fault of his. He's the he's the best quarterback that was in this draft class, right? It's a situation. It's just a situation. situation it's here. the offense of what they're going to do. This is going to be a heavy run game for this Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Um, so 
to me, Trevor Lawrence really doesn't have a lot of value, especially this high up in a two quarterback, you know, a super flex two quarterback league. I don't have any interest. I just don't. But I mean, if he has a Joe Burrow type start to his year, I mean, I could be, I could be eating your crow on that. But the defense is a lot better than what it's a lot better than what everybody thinks. They've done it. They've tried year in and year out, and they did it again this year. They brought in a lot of pieces, a lot of parts. Uh, yes, to try they to rebuild did. This defense. They, they got the, the uh, Seattle Seahawks corner to, yep. to stabilize some things. They did. They did do some good stuff in Jacksonville. Yeah, they did. They're, they're heading. They're trying. Let's take. We know this podcast is going to go a little bit longer. Stay so, with us. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about this. Like they brought in Shaquille Griffin. Yep, Shaquille Griffin. I could my, um, from Seattle. He was their best corner uh, by far. And then they drafted Tyson Campbell, the cornerback out of Georgia, with the first overall pick in the second round. Right, and didn't they? Uh, C.J. Henderson was their first round pick last year. What, yes. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. back. You know, so yeah. So they're investing. They're investing in it. I mean, I've talked about this too. That I, I love their, I love their safeties and Rayshon Jenkins, who comes over from the Chargers, had a decent year last year, and then they have Gerard Wilson over at the uh, free safety position. So, former number one. Who's that? Oh, is, it a, is it Sidney Jones, the former Jones? number one? Uh, did quite pan out in Philadelphia. He came, oh, no, he's not a number one. He was projected number one, had a major knee injury, and they, uh, Philadelphia took a chance on him, and uh, he hasn't he can't quite come back. There we but go. There's talent there with Sidney Jones. Yep. There's talent And there. then, I mean, you look at the linebackers. Miles you got Jack. Miles Jack. Joel Schobert. Wisconsin, who, baby! I can't he was rated this slow back here. Um, but he is a decent, he's a decent middle linebacker. They brought in Damian Wilson over from Kansas City, who's he's okay. Uh, he's better than what they had there. Um, and then he got uh, Kavion Chazon, uh, defensive end uh, that they drafted last year. Didn't have a very de- he didn't have a great year, but. Um, Working in year two across from Josh Allen at the other defensive end position, Davon Hamilton at D tackle, Malcolm Brown at D tackle. I mean, they traded for Malcolm Brown, got him from New Orleans. He's been a very good run blocker or a run stuffer, I should say. So this defense is better than what everybody thinks. Yeah, you know, so like guy like Damian Williams, I would say is like a. Uh, I would say like a stopgap. So like you're not taking a, a chance on a UDFA undrafted free agent guy. You know like hey, here's a a pro. He's like a B minus C plus guy. Hey, this is the level of play. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is what I was talking about. Like in terms of improvements. Like hey, there's a level that they're trying to increase their overall defense on. All right. Anyway, and this, and this is why we do the depth chart. So you have to look at the offense. You have to look at the defense because you bring in. If you see a team just fucking feeding that team with players, especially quality, uh, maybe you know slightly average type players, but better than what they had yeah. there. It's going to make the defense better. And then you have to look at the offense and be like, look. Are they going to have to fucking throw it a lot because of this defense? Or are they going to be able to run more of a stable defense? You know, uh, 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 Christ, I might be half drunk. Like running the ball. Uh, Running the ball. um, There's some holes in that. 
I, why the fuck am I? Why the fuck am I? <sighs> so anyway, anyway, a play, a play action type offense, and you know where you just ball control all day. So you yeah. get a guy, yes. you get guys like um, DJ Chark on the outside. You know more of your two outside receivers like DJ Chark and. Um, Marvin Jones. Those are going to be the two active wide receivers because they don't have, they still don't have a fucking tight end there at all. And I'm not sold on. Oh, Shaughnessy! Uh, I love James O'Shaughnessy. He'll be in every fucking DFS right up until the day I die. Um, They're like in the Irish. But you look at the offense, you look at what people are saying, like about LaVisca Chenault, that he's going to improve off there. Is he? Because they're not going to have to pass nearly as much as what they did last year with Gardner Minshew. So, as much as maybe we like LaVisca Chenault, he's going to take a step back. It's just going to mainly be your two stu- your two upside or, uh, outside wide receivers because they're going to be the ones who see the field a little bit more. I mean, you're not taking G.J. Chark off the field, especially since you took the challenge from the head coaches to get stronger. To play bigger, that was a big thing this off season that went really under the radar. This was brought up. This was brought up too by uh, John Hansen on Sirius XM. Oh, love his show. Uh, Guys, got to catch him when you can. Yep, catch him in the morning. Catch him in the morning on uh, eighty-seven Sirius. <laughs> We're gonna get sponsored one of these days. One of these days, we'll get a commercial. <laughs> yep. Um, and then Marvin Jones on the outside. Those are your Who's two a top pro? wide receivers. I mean, he's no joke. Marvin Jones ain't no Marvin joke. Marvin Jones does it every fucking he's year. A, he's a solid number two. He's going to draw coverage, or he's going to at least draw enough attention, you know, to open things up. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't ignore him. You know, so. can't ignore him. Okay, so, so now you're so, up. So Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> just don't like the pick right there. So, uh, fourth round going up, number seven overall going back up. You are in. You're on the clock. What are you thinking here? If you can remember at this moment of time. On the clock. And my thinking is this I've got two really good running backs. I've got a really good wide receiver. Dominic Cook, Chubb, and Calvin Ridley. So, there's one of two things that I can do I can either pair up Calvin Ridley or. I can go for broke and decide to start stacking running backs. Because you've already said tight ends are out the door. Because right before you, one more tight end, Kyle Pitts went off, and then three quarterbacks go off the board. So you got to be like, are you getting nervous here for quarterback with the two-quarterback league? Or, like, you fools are grabbing these guys early. I'm, you know, I'm sitting there draft strategy-wise, you know. As much as there's 14 quarterbacks off the board, at the same point in time, I'm going, they're taking the wrong quarterbacks. They're absolutely taking the wrong quarterbacks, so I'm going to let them continue to take the wrong quarterbacks. I'm going to let them take what they want. All right, I like it. And so I'm just going to say, unless there's a wide receiver that I really like, I'm going to stack fucking running backs, and I'm going to get the fucking guys that I want. So J.K. Dobbins is here. He is what I feel is a guy you want. He's a guy I want. He's in an offense that is terrific for running backs. I'm not worried about Lamar Jackson stealing touchdowns um, because we've seen J.K. Dobbins in his 
in his role with his running style, he he has upside. He has just as much upside as Jonathan Taylor does. He really does. I just like Jonathan Taylor more because I'm I'm Wisconsin I'm a, baby. I'm Wisconsin. I'm a fucking Homer. <laughs> as we're looking but, at a Jonathan Taylor autographed, uh, but <laughs> J.K. Dobbins talked about it in the draft last year. I didn't really care much for him coming out of Ohio State. But I said if he fell into the right spot in the right offense, I would be on him. And then he fell to the Ravens. Ravens drafted him. And I said, you can feel safe with J.K. Dobbins. And we said fifth round, that's where he was going. Said you could take the shot there. You might have to wait a little bit. But it should work out. So now this year, it's only him and Gus Edwards. It's only him and Gus Edwards. And a lot of the talk out of the camp, early camps, out of Raven camp, was they are ready to feature J.K. Dobbs. J.K. Dobbs. And, you know, like I said on this podcast last year with the running back draft, and we're talking, I really wasn't a fan. It's like, here's another Ohio State running back. Yes, you can see flashes of him uh, and all that. And I, and I was like, oh, I'm not sure. And he did exactly what you said, fall into a position in a place where it's perfect. It's a perfect fit for him. It's and a we perfect were, fit we for were him. Fucking like, money. Man, man, okay. Fucking making and he's money. Excelling. Making money. Hand over fist. That whole last five, six weeks of the fucking regular season on J.K. Dobbins being a starter. He was scoring touchdowns week oh, yeah. in and week out, yeah, he and hot. he was getting the fucking yardage. And, and we and we called it that he was going to start streaking. Yep, and we were all. I was like, okay, because I was because I was giving you, I was grilling you. I was trying to play devil's advocate here. I was talking about this pick when we were before you were picking, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, why, why Dobbins? And then going through the schedule, doesn't doesn't he have a run friendly schedule according to uh, uh, the, like the quarters? I'm, I'm pretty sure. We were like, dude, and like if you started looking at the Ravens schedule, and then you looked at what he they do, and uh, it's a little bit tougher in the back end, but at the same point in time, he can get it done um, based on the fact all, that the Steelers, like the Steelers, the Steelers were what was dragging him down, um, and that Steelers run defense isn't going to be nearly as good. Uh, the Bears run defense is not going to be nearly as good. Uh, Vikings eh, going to be a little bit harder. But it's an offense that is predicated on the run, is predicated off of play action with Lamar Jackson and also him doing the option, you know, the QB option. So I don't have any issues with the fact that the last, the third and the fourth quarter is the fourth and fifth hardest. Yeah, but then again, uh, that third, uh, like the fourth quarter of the last four games, the Packers. The Packers have been kind of weak at the run game. Well, hopefully, as a Packer fan, they fix that. But it's Packers, Bengals, Rams, Steelers. Now, the Steelers, if that could be a different kind of defense. Uh, with you know, they, the Steelers are still up in the air. But what if kind you of team look, they if have. you look at the running back in the passing game as well, which he is, he is clearly the guy that's going to catch the ball out of that backfield. You look at the quarters; it's thirty first. 14, 16, and 22. That 14 and 16 just being middle middle range right in there, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it because he's got he still has a really good offensive line, like I said, really good offense. 
He's gonna he's gonna excel. He's gonna be. He's fun. got a great early schedule too. So um, J.K. Dobbins, and then immediately another quarterback goes off the board with uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. Roll Tide. Yeah. Yeah. Roll Tide. Uh, kid that I am not high on whatsoever. Uh, sorry, uh, Carmen Napa. Uh, it's nothing against you or your team itself. I just. I don't like him. He's not accurate. He he did okay when he was in there. In fairness, I'm not gonna. Th- uh, in fairness, no preseason. Yep. Thrown into the fire. You know, yep. a lot of the OTAs. Uh, he. he uh, I even think I heard a conversation where he was like, "We were forced to run the play that we were running instead of calling audible, even though the defense is covering the look that they were supposed to throw to." Mm-hmm. So this year should be different. We'll see. Um, we'll see. I'm not high. I'm not high on him. We'll see. It's, if he proves me wrong, he proves me wrong. Yeah. I'll be happy for the kid. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. And I'm I'll gonna be happy stick for, up for him. He's a lefty, and, and I'm a lefty. And I'll be. I'll be happy. I'll be happy for the Dolphins fans mm-hmm. if he works out. So, take a little look. Uh, Justin Jefferson goes off next, coming yep. back up. I, I like that pick. It's, uh, I, they're going to feature him and then keep trying to feed him the ball with Delvin Cook and that play action offense. I like it. Fourth round, fourth round. I'm I'm absolutely fine with it. Third round, I'd be happy with it. In the second round, which he has been going in in some of these uh, regular, you know, single quarterback leagues, uh, I don't. I'm not. I'm not very high on it. Um, I prefer. <laughs> the funny part is, I prefer actually Adam Thielen at his ADP on there. Yeah, we were talking about that because Thielen's uh, ADP is going like uh, almost seventh, eighth round, uh, or not even that later. Far. But, but well, it's going low. It's going low. It's, low. it's like uh, it's Thielen, right? You know, Thielen going. You, you say you get Thielen in. Uh, where is he? Where is he? Here he is. Fifty-four. So he's going. He's going in the fourth round. He's going about mid four. But he's been going. I've seen a mid four, but he's been in. He's the, been going, I've seen been him. Lower I've seen him in the six. Yeah. So uh, okay. But I understand. Like some of the ga- he helped me win a championship. So I mean, like some of the electric games he's had. I mean, oh, he's he great. Cannot. Everybody was shitting on him for going to Minnesota and being. A, nobody said that he could play on the outside and all that stuff. And I was like, fuck that shit. He can play that. It, you look at his tape, you can see it at LSU that he can do it, and he's now he's shown it in the NFL. Like, get the fuck out of here. He's a great route runner. Uh, quick note, too. He, this, uh, Justin Jefferson has uh, been picked by the ninth overall guy. Okay? The ninth overall, the roster build he's looking at. He went Alvin Kamara in the first round and went Tyreek Hill, Stephen Diggs, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson. So he's kind of doing the run and shoot look. He got his three starting receivers in your in this format, so uh, right away you could kind of see his roster build and maybe kind of determine like the rest of that guy's draft yep. in terms of what he's going to do. Yep. So you kind of can predict as uh, like what he might be looking and, for and, and picks, right? And that's kind of what I said when he took Stephon Diggs. Yeah, he was on the third round. I'm like, he's probably going to get all three, and that's what I he did. He did do it. Yep, yep. That's pretty hell of a starting three. Yep. Moving on. Oh, hey, Mark Andrews. I love this kid. Uh, Mark Andrews, tight end of Baltimore. It's uh, Lamar Jackson's go-to guy. Um, but 
showed a little shy, signs of weakness last year, signs of a little inconsistency. That Boyd kid kind of got into a little noise in there. Uh, I mean, the year before, Mark Andrews was fire. You know, like this year, last past season, I don't know. I think he has a bounce back here, but that's pretty. That's not a bad get. <clears throat> not a bad get. And, Maybe and a little early. Not a bad get in there. Um, talked about it on the Baltimore podcast, though, that he do, he runs, like, I think, the t- if I remember correctly, the toughest schedule out of tight ends uh, for the season. So as far as, say, a draft like this, I think it's fine. Yeah, um, point system. In a regular home league draft, I'm probably staying away because I'm not trying to get him anywhere uh, near that top end, I'll just end up waiting, or I'll grab, uh, you know, Hawkinson, Waller, Kelsey, something like that. So right after Andrews went goes uh, the receiver from New Orleans, the number one dude, Michael Mike Thomas. Thomas. Great Heck, pick. fourth great round, pick. fourth great round, pick. huh? Great pick, right? That great Does value. not matter who's starting at quarterback. Michael Thomas will be the feature. Right. I mean, he's what, like seven, nine arms and legs for days? You just throw the ball in an area, the guy will catch it, you know? Like, just get him the call. Get the ball close to the kid. Yep. Yeah, great. So then going into the corner in the end of the fourth round, David Montgomery, the which Chicago is, Bears. Which, which, is is, fine, which is a fine pick for right there. Yep, I mean, starting running back. Mm-hmm. Started running back because he went Herbert, Waller, Hawkinson, and now he's like, dude, I need a running back. (laughs) That's where he shit himself. uh, And then he went Montgomery, and then potentially there's some upside there. Say, uh, say, let's not say it too loud. Let's say the Bears uh, are successful. If they are successful, it's because of him. So, like, that could hit. And then uh, coming, so he went back, he went from David Montgomery and then came right back around the corner, coming back down, and in round five, David Carr. David Carr is the second quarterback with Justin Herbert. I don't know, like, David Carr, like, what? But I, as much as I make fun of it, you start looking at the numbers. You start looking at the numbers, uh, you're perfectly fine on that offense. <laughs> right? Like, I'm, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. The only, you know? the only real question is, you know, because Nelson Aguilar really stepped up for that offense last year, and now he's gone. He's in New England. So it's really, can Henry Ruggs step up to the position that of where he's going to be at? And is the other rookie, Brian, or uh, second-year player, I should say, last year's rookie, Brian Edwards, going to be able to step up? Oh, yeah. Like the, the forgotten guy. kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this, uh, my question to you, uh, coming back down, is this a little bit of a panic pick? Because he saw, look how many, like, there's like 16 quarterbacks off the board. He's coming back down. He's thinking probably uh, super flex here. He, uh, he's he, trying to, you know, like. He, he's thinking that he needs to get a quarterback to get into that super flex super, spot. And he's nervous because um, he's gonna, it's going to be a long time before he picks again. Yes. Yeah. So and he's got to get a guy. He's. Probably felt comfortable getting Derek Carr. I mean, QB sixteen, yeah, it's fine. But I think uh, that also plays into your advantage too. These guys reaching for quarterbacks already, because uh, yeah, because you already had the mindset. You already said tight end, psh, that's out the door. And QB, I'm gonna wait. Yep. All right. Well, anyway, uh, coming back down. Ooh, one of my favorite runners, our favorite runner, Chris Carson, we man. Chris. Tough runner, man, man. That motherfucker, he runs like Chris old Carson. school. Roger Craig style. Craig Ironhead, Hayward style. If like, that kid can stay fucking healthy. Oh, I love the awesome. way he runs. 
But he plays for Seattle. <laughs> he can stay healthy. He's he's awesome. I like Great it. Running back. There's that's a solid kid. That's a solid kid. Solid numbers. Not going to be flashy, the but he's going to give you he's going to give you consistency. The thing with Chris Carson that I liked last year though was that Russell Wilson was willing to check it down to him last year a that's little right. bit more. He, that's right. And so he was getting a couple of receiving touchdowns here and there, and it was really up in his value. So if you can get Chris Carson at that 4-5 turn or I, even after the third round, if you want to take him in the early fourth in a regular home league draft, perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Perfectly comfortable with it. Yeah. At the number 11 spot, uh, he's starting to put together a decent set of running backs. he got Saquon, you got Aaron Jones, and Chris Carson. So yeah, that's not bad. Not bad. Um, the very next pick coming back down at number 10, uh, Miles Sanders. I, I like and I dislike. It's like, ah, oh, it's there. It's, it's got flashes. Love the talent. Just hope that the new coaching staff can actually get do. Don't dunk Peters in it. Utilize him <laughs> the way that you know properly utilize him the way that they that they should be. The only issue is that this coaching staff also brought in a shit ton of fucking running backs. They brought in Kenneth Gainwell. They brought in. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I uh, like that kid, Jordan. Um, Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard, which who's going to end up getting cut? But uh, they brought in Carrion Johnson, who I still like. Carrion Johnson, he can actually be a quality backup running back still, and a fresh start for him. Yep, you know to go along with Boston Scott behind him, and it just worries the shit out of me. And I and I said this on I actually responded to a question about this with Miles Sanders on why why people are kind of straying away, and I said, look, it's as simple as this. As soon as they drafted Kenneth Gainwell, I, w- I got worried. And then when they started bringing in guys like Carrion Johnson to go with Boston Scott, it just made me look at the running backs that were around him and like them more because they had more control of their own backfield. So, Miles Sanders, great talent. I just have my concerns. If he's fallen into, like, say, a fifth round like this, that's perfect. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. I don't care about that. Fourth round, even in the fourth round, I'm fine. I'm fine with him. But uh, just for me, I'd rather take a little bit more stability with uh, running backs in their backfields. So. Next up at uh, number nine, coming back down. So you're you're in the hole. Uh, Baker Mayfield, quarterback. Uh-huh. That's uh, so. This is going for that guy uh, running shoot offense. So he went Kamara and the three receivers, and now he got his quarterback. Yeah. So, so he just he grabs a little bit of stability. He's kind of predictable though, right? <laughs> if you're looking at like the home league draft strategy and yeah. stuff like that, kind of predictable in terms of like he was looking at probably going to quarterback, like falling suit. Yep. <clears throat> I would have I would have paired Kamara by with somebody here right now, but. Uh, Probably just didn't like what was going on here, which unfortunately is his mistake. Then the next, uh, another quarterback goes off the board, Kirk Cousins. So you're on deck right now, and the two quarterbacks go off the board, and like you got to be like, dude, thank you. Didn't give a fuck. Right, because like I said, tight end is down on the list. Yep. Quarterback, you said, hey, I'm going to wait. You knuckleheads keep taking quarterbacks. That's they keep fun. taking Thank quarterbacks, you. and they keep taking the ones that I don't want. Right. 
Um, and it's not to say anything about Baker Mayfield and, and Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins makes a quality number two, well, but yeah, only if you're get, if you're getting one of those top end guys like say Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, guys like of that ilk. You know, Patrick Mahomes, something like that. Then you go for a you can go for a, uh, another safer quarterback in Kirk Cousins, uh, Baker Mayfield. They're not gonna they're not gonna produce like huge numbers. Because especially for those two quarterbacks, because they're on running based offenses. Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, those are the two guys that you majorly want from the offenses outside of say the individual wide receivers. Can he get thirty touchdowns again? Kirk he might. He might. But they drafted Kellen Mond, so they have his replacement. His quote unquote replacement coming up here. So coming into your fifth pick, all right, you got three running backs, one stud receiver. You got three stud running backs, one stud receiver. Um, there is a ton of talent still on the board, mm-hmm. and I, I know you're looking at receiver running back. Uh, yes. There's a lot of gems left. Uh, what you thinking here, and 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 why? So I looked at why I looked at wide receiver. It's best kind of defined this way. I looked at wide receiver. Uh, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, uh, Allen Robinson were still on the board. Uh, guys like C.D. Lamb. Uh, wow. Amari there's Cooper, a lot of options there. There's, a, lot of there's, options there's there. a whole lot of options right so, there. So the way I kind of looked at at this draft was, you know, from here was. You know, maybe I can get one of these five or six guys, even Robert Woods. Maybe I can get one of these guys in the seventh round. Because at this point, I see not a lot of, you know, at the not really all that many running backs well, went off the board tier. is what I thought. Yeah. So, I said, it's the fifth round. And I'm really high on one running back from here on out. And I talk about the running back cliff in a draft. Mm-hmm. There's a fucking cliff in here. Yes, there is. And you have to get ahead of it. It's interesting. It's like a big drop. There's a huge fucking drop. And that drop was stay there's a bunch of guys in that drop, but there there's once you get to that drop. There's though. not a lot of these you know, actual paid fucking analysts that are out there that talk about this fucking drop. They just talk about it like, oh, you can just do whatever the fuck you want at running back. You cannot. Now, you need to get your two studs and maybe a third by the fifth round. And I'm not even saying that this guy, by the time we get to the actual draft season in August, is going to be available past the fourth round. And I took the shot on the rookie. I took the shot on the guy in the Dynasty Rookie Guide that I said, I love him, I love him, I love him. This is my new fucking Nick Chubb. This is the guy who's going to get the receiving load work, too, that Nick Chubb actually should be getting. 
And that's the rookie out of North Carolina, Javante Williams. Yeah, baby. You know I love it. You know, I was trying to make him our number one overall running back in the draft, the rookie draft, you know, and I couldn't because Najee Harris just stood out, yep. you know. And I was like, dude, no, no, this is – I couldn't because – They are really a one and a one A. Yeah, like he, he – I love this kid. He's in a great situation with that Denver defense. Yes. You know, so I, yes. hopefully a lot of three and outs. Unfortunately, he does share – the load with our guy, our hometown guy, Melvin Gordon. You know, and I and, and uh, I, I I could see him taking over that. And but they drafted him in they drafted him early for a reason. They moved up to go get him. Yeah, they drafted him for a reason. Which means that they fucking want him. Yeah, they're going to use him. Yep. And I think it could be very similar to a Jonathan Taylor. Yep. He starts out slow. Second half of the season. Boom. Second half of the season is what, boys and girls? Playoff time. Playoff time when you need to get wins to get in to the playoffs in fantasy football. That's when he's going to excel. It's great to me. This is a great pick for you here. This is a great pick, especially for uh, all the flex options you have and then for the long haul. You know, I love it. I love it. I, I was like, you at, know, that, at that point in time, when you take your fourth running back in five rounds, you're you're saying you're you're telling the league, I'm going fucking running back heavy, and you need to start taking these fucking running backs. Otherwise, later in this draft, if you're still going to leave them out there, I'm going to start yep. fucking taking them again. Yep, because we were just telling, uh, pointing out the uh, the quite opposite with the three receiver guys, Tyreek Hill, uh, Diggs, and Jefferson. He did the opposite build. You are going running back build. Yep. Yeah, so running backs are going to go. So, okay, you bam. Williams is gone. Very next guy, uh, uh, Travis Etienne. Okay, so maybe the guy's getting nervous. I like the pick. Um, like the kid, we don't know how he's going to be fully utilized in the offense, but there's no way in fuck that you don't draft him number in the first round, and he's not part of your future plans at running back. Yep, yep. And, and this team went uh, Henry, Harris, and Altien. Uh, I bet you you stole the, the pick that he wanted, but they ended up getting ATN. Then the very next pick after that, Josh Jacobs. I, I, mean, I like that, the kid. I love the, the kid. I think he's got a lot of miles on his legs right now, and uh, I'm not sure. In that spot, I mean, you just, I mean, you have to. I mean, at RB23, back in RB2. That's fine. It, it's a fine pick. Then uh, right after that goes receiver Keenan Allen. Uh, that was tough. I love, I love a Keenan Allen. You can get Keenan Allen in your third round if you go two running backs. If you go two running backs early and can get Keenan Allen in the third, go get fucking Keenan Allen in that third, man. And he got him in the fifth. Yep. He got Keenan Allen. And then uh, one, one of your favorite guys that you've been talking up for at least two seasons, it seems like. Terry McLaren. Terry McLaren. The McLaren. McLaren, McLaren. Scary Terry. Scary Terry, man. Scary uh, so back-to-back Terry. receivers there. Um, number two overall pick. But what? you know what's funny? You know what's funny, and I just noticed this too? He has Gibson and he has McLaren. <laughs> I don't hate it, though. I don't hate it. That's fine. I think you're fine with that. The number over, uh, number two overall ki- uh, pick went for his third Quarterback, third the, quarterback in fifth round. In the fifth round, so that's an interesting build. Yes, but it is the superflex, and he went Matt Ryan. Uh, it does not matter if it's the superflex. You are not drafting your third fucking quarterback that early. 
Um, so this so is so maybe a mistake. It could have been. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fault him for it. Uh, but at the same point in time, if it was me, I would have probably grabbed Aaron Ro- uh, Allen Robinson at that spot or Namari Cooper or CD Lamb. I would not have gone quarterback. Then another quarterback off the board. And, and who it, is it? Trey Lance. Ooh, the rookie. The rookie. So this, all right. So this, this build, this roster build, real quick for the number one overall pick because we've been talking about it. Uh, McCaffrey, Eckler, AJ Brown, Kyle Pitts, and now he he took the gamble. He rolling the dice with Trey Lance. So he's building a solid squad, and then he comes right back around on six, going back up, which kind of sucks because we were talking about Allen Robinson. We we're hoping it fell for you. Yep. And it went Allen Robinson. Went Allen Robinson. Very good pick there. Yeah, Trey, so Lance, Trey Lance, I would not have taken that high, but uh, I kind of see where he was going with it. He's trying to, trying to invoke some upside here, but at the same point in time, your QB1 needs to be somebody who you definitely know is going to start out the season as a starter. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a gamble. It's uh, If he hits, then he, bam, he's going to win it. Well, I wouldn't say win it, but he's going to be uh, pretty tough to beat. Yep. Yeah. So, right after Allen Robinson going back up in the sixth round, Miles Gaskins, a hell of a running back, turned it on last season. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I, I got I got lucky, and I, got, I outbid some people to get him in one league. So, I enjoyed his skills uh, to help me out. Yep. And, um, not too bad. I think he continues his success in the Dolphins' land. As a third running back, it's fine. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, it's just the team build is a little weird with three quarterbacks and three running nope. backs. Then the next pick off the board, which we thought, because we were talking about your next pick was going to be receiver, because we were talking about that. Yeah. Uh, C.D. Lamb. So this little fucker was listening into our conversation. <laughs> yes. yeah. He listened he to his, the doghouse. He was listening like, to the ah. Come in, uh, C.D. Lamb. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. pick. So, you know, so he's got... Uh, so he went Kelsey, Joe Burrow, Gibson, Hertz, McLaurin, Scary Terry, and now CeeDee Lamb. A lot of upside. Yeah, he's got some big play stuff. And then the next pick, Mike, Mike Davis. Davis. I like him. That's a little early, man. Mike Davis at Atlanta, he panicked. That's a panic That's pick. That's a panic pick? Yeah. That's a complete panic pick. Um, that is That is a... I completely fucked up at running back, and I need to get my RB2 right now. Right? I'm completely fucked up. Look at this guy at number seven. He's got four running backs, and I don't have any. <laughs> I need to pick a running back right now, or I'm going to shoot the Look at this piece pick. of shit. He's probably, he's probably a Wisconsin fan because he loves his running backs. Yeah, what the hell. So right, so right after, uh, Mike Davis goes Amari Cooper. So the two in round six, the two Dallas uh, receivers, excuse me, go um, go off the board. Yep. And uh, you know, is it CD Lamb, uh, Amari Cooper, or Amari Cooper over CD Lamb? Because I think we talked about that on a separate conversation for a second or two. Yeah, uh, the whole that's thing, a tough one it, to me. Everybody is on fucking CD Lamb right now, and they are not giving I, I don't Amari blame Cooper them. a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, hype. Um, so when it comes to CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, and they go very, very close to each other in terms of ADP, um, and I actually still have that ADP chart up. So you're looking at CeeDee Lamb as wide receiver 13, 34th overall, 
and then you're looking at Amari Cooper <laughs> right, right at 16 yeah. and 41. So, I mean, they're literally three wide receivers away from one another. So, in a case like that, I'm usually always – you could kind of do what you want with it. Um, if you like C.D. Lamb, that's fine, but you do need to understand – and a lot of people, and I've heard a lot of these, uh, you know, experts just say, you know, CD Lamb, CD Lamb, CD Lamb. Amari Cooper is still, still Dak Prescott's number one. So if and you're going to get McCarthy's going to still find a way to get him yep. the ball. McCarthy's yep. a good guy. If you're if you're going to give me Amari Cooper at a discount, I, I will take the discount. But I do agree that CD Lamb, he was the number one wide receiver coming out last year. Yeah, and he's he showing it. Oh yeah, he and was. he's showing it. So right after Cooper, boom, another receiver, uh, Robert Woods uh, goes. Okay, so you were on deck. Robert Woods goes. There's four receivers that went right before you. Mm-hmm. You have to start three receivers. All right, so Robert Woods coming into your pick goes off the board. You're like, dude, four receivers off the board. Uh, what are you thinking here? Coming into you. I pick. Right, this is sixth round now. This is sixth round coming into you. So you only have one receiver. You got four running backs. Like, yeah, well, like in terms of your roster build or your strategy here, like, what are you thinking, bro? I already predetermined what I was going to do with pit, my seventh round pick. Regardless, regardless, when Jamal Williams or uh, when I took Javante Williams, okay, I said. These are the wide receivers that I liked, and it's all the ones that got taken before me. <laughs> so I had six wide receivers yeah, yeah. lined up, and I said, if any of them fall to my next pick in round six, right. I'm going to take them. Oh, yeah, so I was like, yeah. yep. So I said, if those six wide receivers are taken, I'm going to go get my quarterback. I'm going to say, fuck it. I don't like the next set of wide receivers. I'm going to get my quarterback. This is the way that you need to think when you're in the middle of a draft. Because how it plays out. If you're doing a live if you're doing a live draft, this makes it a lot easier, or a slow draft, you need to pre-plan it out at least as a contingency of what you're going to do, what your thought process is. Where are you cutting off and moving on? And here it was. I said... These six wide receivers, if they're all fucking gone, I'm going with my quarterback. And I grabbed the quarterback that I was focusing on as a late-round guy. And that was Carson Wentz of the Indianapolis Colts. I like it. I like it. I remember when we were talking about those receivers, and it was very much like you got Milhouse. Like all six, you know what I mean? All six of those guys go bam, 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 right off the board and like, Dude, I can't. This is it. Yep. And, and and Wentz gets to meet with his offensive coordinator back again, mm-hmm. Coach Frank Wright. And then you got that offensive line. You got the running game with Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor. You got Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton. I think Ebron's still hanging around there. What's the other one? No, Ebron is Oh, that's right. There. No, no. But, uh, My guy. My guy. Sergeant Jack Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a it's a it's a good situation. I think it's a good situation for Carson Wentz. He gets to start fresh. It's a very good situation. You know, uh, this is a, this is a good this is a good upside potential pick. Yep, I like it. 
Yeah. I like it. So, so yeah. So, four running backs, receiver, and now you got your quarterback. But after, after I make this pick, this is where I decide I gotta, I, I have to start getting my wide receivers. Receivers, but then you, are you done with quarterbacks for a while? Because you, you, you uh, what are you thinking? Because you super flex. All these quarterbacks are off the board. Are you going to try to get another quarterback right away? You want to start two quarterbacks, or, or is this still there's, there's, at this point in the draft in, in, in round seven where you got them? Like what? I mean, like the way the way that everybody else has built their rosters. There's no real reason to get worried about having to pick the guy right away. So, yeah, because you know, some guys already have three. Yeah, right. Yeah. Some guys got three quarterbacks. Most of the teams already before you picked your first quarterback already have two quarterbacks. Right. So you're sitting in a position as a as a as a drafter, like, hey, these guys already got two or three quarterbacks. They're going to leave that quarterback thing alone for a little while. So I got time to play to keep continuing to build, right? And, and this is that's your thought and process. This is right? exactly what I've, <clears throat> I've been talking about. Why I <clears throat> wait back. Because at this point, you know, these guys are like, I got to get to quarterback, I got to get to quarterback. But when we go back through their actual rosters, what you're going to see is they suffered at so many of the other positions because they went after these quarterbacks early. Early. And that's what I did not want to fall into. I did not want to fall into that pitfall. It is something I just fucking preach to myself. And I trust me. When you're in a draft doing this, you have to tell yourself, "Yeah, it's tough." <sighs> it's I tough. Wait again, right? <laughs> right. So. so you played it. You slow played it. Uh, anyway, bam. We got to get back on track. So right after Carson Wentz, boom, number eight guy, Robert Robert Mozart, the Mozart, the running back for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I, I like. Uh, uh, it's right. okay for right there. Right. At an RB26, you're looking at an RB3. Absolutely, you're fine right there. Mr. Robinson, Jacksonville. We said we, he, remember? We said he ran funny. He does. He, 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 he ran does. funny. He, does. he still runs funny. But damn, he runs effective. He runs, he runs good. We were on him, but like, we, we weren't on him. You, you found him. <laughs> you, found, you found him. You said, look at this kid from Illinois State. And uh, I never thought he would do what he was doing. He flashed. He flashed on film, right? Yeah. So Robinson there at nine. Uh, We should talk about that, too. Uh, ETN is going to be the guy that that goes first. Um, Do not be afraid, especially if he falls late fourth, maybe into the fifth, an actual fifth round in regular draft. Do not be afraid to take him. He is going to be utilized. They're not going to go away from him. He's had success. Why would you go away from that? Exactly. You know, Robinson. You know, why, why, you know, why would you go for? Okay. So anyway, and then uh, going to up, up, going back up in uh, round six here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the the more uh, DJ Moore? DJ. Oh yeah, DJ Moore, Carolina. Yep. Oh, I love him. Possession receiver, PPR guy. Yep. He's a little more than that. Uh, new quarterback, not Sam bad. Sam Darnold, not, a better quarterback coming in. Not, actually. yeah, someone who ain't afraid to get the ball to him. Yeah, uh, this could be a really good situation. Not a bad pick right yep. there coming like in in the turn. I like DJ Moore, and he went before Mike Evans. That's the only problem that I probably have with it. But you're going to have to make your decision on Mike Evans on whether or not he's going to continue on this pace of getting a thousand yards per year. Uh, he got a lot of cheap one yard touchdowns last year, so that he, helped out. Yeah, but he is Tom Brady's like go to guy down in the red zone. That's 
that's really kind of the thing. He's as tall as he's the tallest fucking wide receiver on the team. He's the strongest wide receiver on the team. He is the go-to guy down there in the red zone. And then coming out and then going into the turn, it went into uh, uh, Brandon Ayuk. I like Brand- I like Ayuk, uh, but um, I like I, I like Ayuk. I just don't know about the San Francisco offense. I think it's a little bit high of a draft spot for him. Um, but I mean, if you're looking at just talent in general. I guess it's okay. I would probably take Chris Godwin before him. So going into uh, just recap real real quick, uh, round six. Yep. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven receivers went off yep. the board in round Which six. Was so there's a, li- a little bit of a run on receivers, and, yep. and everybody was panicking on. <clears throat> so coming around the corner, we're in round seven. Round, round seven, first pick in round seven, Damian Harris. I like a lot for the Patriots, and I, I think they might settle in on him. But then again, it's Belichick. It'll probably depend on week to week matchups. But uh, I, I think he's taking the lead. He looked good. He had flashes. They have one of the best offensive lines. They paid all that money. They got a great defense. This could be a nice value pick, especially in, in, in round eight. Well, oh, excuse me, round seven. Right, well, yeah. that's the thing, though, is he has to have it fucking work out because all he has is David Montgomery with him. So you have David Montgomery, you have Damian Harris as your second. You don't want Damian Harris as your RB2. You'd rather have Damian Harris as your RB3, if not your RB4 flex, you know, slash flex. Um, so he really needs that to work out, um, in my opinion, to be successful. Yeah. I mean, he's going to run the two tight ends. He's going to have one of the flex. He's going to have to run the two fucking tight ends because he only has one fucking wide receiver at this point. So Damian Harris, and then boom, next pick, coming back down, number 11. He just took Mike Evans, and now he went Chris Godwin. So he went to two Tampa Bay uh, receivers, which is an interesting uh, strategy. Maybe he thought the value was too hard to pass up, but that's where he went. That that That's a real fucking problem. Uh, especially if you just weren't gonna, just going to go Tom Brady as your QB2 and just say, fuck it, I'll just take the two wide receivers. Now, whether or not you can pre-plan that or not, you know, I doubt it. But, I mean, having Mike Evans as Chris Godwin as your as your wide receiver two and a wide receiver three, big fucking problem. Big fucking problem. Next pick, uh, Odell Beckham. Coming back down. This is a nice upside pick. This is a potential boomer bust, but uh, not too bad. I don't, I, I don't mind Odell Beckham. I mean, he's going to go as a low-end uh, wide receiver, too. Um, he's going to go super late in the draft. Seven, eighth round, that's probably where he's about right now in a regular draft. So this is probably a small reach here, um, but I'm not going to fault him for it if he wants to try and get the upside here. Uh, pairing with DJ Moore. Next pick, then tight end Dallas Goddard. Yeah. So this goes to that run and shoot offense uh, or the run and shoot team. I would, I will call. I'm going to call it a run and shoot team where they went Kamara, three receivers, got their quarterback of Mayfield. So he paired him up. Oh no, he didn't pair. Excuse me, Mayfield and then uh, Robinson and now Goddard. He got his tight end. So yep. well, another one of those kind of predictable where he's just trying to fill his roster he out. He's just filling his roster out there, uh, Goddard. Uh, probably a really good spot for him. Uh, he's going about he's going about t- anywhere from tight end seven to about tight end ten. 
So it's probably the upper level of where he's at. But at the same point in time, I don't hate it. Uh, he's still, he's really hurting at running back. I'm kind of surprised that he didn't reach there or just go for a fourth wide receiver. Then you're on deck, but next uh, next pick is uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, receiver. I love a kid like uh, the Antonio Brown, uh, the Dollar General version of the Antonio Brown. Yeah. But he's not too bad. Deontay Johnson, he was a guy that I was really looking at in that spot uh, coming up here. Uh, didn't happen, so it just... It is what it is. You move on. And you just get the next wide receiver on your board. Not not too bad for a second uh, second receiver. He went to Von, uh, DeAndre Hopkins in his first round, and then De- Deontay Johnson in the second. Oh. He's, he uh, he was the one who took Kittle one number one overall. So coming into you, you're like, hey, I need what? I need a receiver. I got to bounce back and pick a receiver and. A, uh, to me, I, this I, is yeah. no brainer. I needed a guy that I was completely comfortable with as being my wide receiver too. Um, wanted more of a veteran type guy, uh, he's a so guy sh- that really kind of fell into a spot. Actually, he's kind of average. He's you know he doesn't let his scabs heal. He doesn't wear clothes that fit him. Uh, you know, just this normal like. This, this was a slight high risk, high reward pick, but at the same point in time, it's Julio Jones. And you're <laughs> yeah, seventh, dude! You're in the seventh round. Fuck dude! Taking Julio Jones. Seventh round! Julio Jones! Right. Come on! Seventh round? Yeah. Seventh round? Yeah. Like, I remember drafts were obviously back. I mean, we went fourth or fifth overall. Right. You're and getting him right now. Out of the second round. You're getting him right now in the seventh round as your number two receiver after taking like a plethora of running backs. Exactly. Your number two receiver is Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it, brother man. Julio Jones, no brainer. Come on, I mean, I mean, come on, you know, right? So we come back down. Okay, after you, I think there's another uh, Chase. Uh, 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 Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase, rookie. Thought about him. Thought about him. I really, really did. Um, but I still have questions on whether or not I want to go Jamar Chase or if I want to use T. Higgins, if he's going to go at value. So, to me, taking Julio Jones was important there. Um at my pick, Jamar Chase went to the very next pick. I, I I don't hate it, but I have talked about Cincinnati, uh, that there is worries with the strength of schedule that is not all that great. So that's why I kind of leaned a little bit more towards T. Higgins because he had a way easier schedule. Um, so I was willing to take the value on there. But what happened in the next pick? The very next pick, T. Higgins goes off the board. So, so. they're like looking at that. He totally, he totally took him. No value whatsoever in it, but can't really fault the pick. Then the next one coming down, Kareem Hunt. Uh, solid pick. I mean, if you need, if you need your running backs, he needed running back. He needed to get a third. Kareem Hunt, perfect fit in there. I am not pairing Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Do not do it. You have to pick one or the other. If you're going to take Nick Chubb early, or if you're going to take Kareem Hunt late, do not pair him. Then uh, Mr. Edmonds comes off the board, or supposedly projected to be the uh, starting running back for 
I like Chase Edmonds. He's going way too early, though, for what's a speculative a little, a little too starting much height? spot. Okay. Um, especially considering the fact that you look at what Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds did last year, and it, they basically didn't fucking do anything with it. It all went through Kyler Murray. It all went through the fucking passing game and just made it null and void. So, for me, Chase Edmonds, right now, at that value spot, I'd rather take James Conner, to be completely honest with you. Then the very next pick, number two, coming back down in round seven, Trey Sermons. And, we, Sermon. and I thought about taking him instead of Julio Jones in the seventh round, um, but I really felt that I, I needed the wide receiver and that he might drop into the eighth. But Trey Sermon, at that point in time, uh, is really going to fight Raheem Moster for that top spot. We know Raheem Moster cannot stay healthy. So Trey Sermon, that seventh round, I really gave him a In guess. that offense, that zone-cut offense, this is ideal for him. Yep. Like, this is his wheelhouse. I, I, I definitely see him accelerating. And then the last pick, or uh, coming back down in round seven, mm-hmm. uh, is Justin Fields. So um, the f- number one overall guy takes Two another rookie. chance on a rookie quarterback. Two rookie quarterbacks to start this off. He's as rolling the dice, bro. He's, he's rolling, rolling the dice. dice. One of them's got to be starting week one. <laughs> yeah, he's because, right. uh, I mean, at that point in time, you're probably looking at nothing more than the beginning of the fourth uh, four, uh, week four. Right? Yeah, I like what he's thinking. You know, like you go with McCaffrey, Eckler fell to him, A.J. Brown, he's like, yeah. Now he's going to take a chance on Pitts. Then he was like, Trey Lance, man. Okay. Then Allen Robinson fell to him. He's like, yeah, I got to take Allen Robinson. And then, oh, hey, I'll pair him up with Justin Fields. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Then we start round eight. First pick in round eight. Cooper Cup, receiver. Like it. Like that pick. Yeah. Allen Robinson, A.J. Brown, and now his third receiver is Cooper Cup. Not not a bad lineup. Would have liked him to fall. Yep. Uh, next, coming back, uh, going up. With team two. Number two is... Uh, Tyler Lockett, Seattle Seahawks. Real up and down, real up and down. Him being your number one wide receiver is big trouble. Big, big trouble. That's why I didn't really want to wait too long on getting a wide receiver. But here, uh, like just the previous round, the seven went off the board, and right off the bat in round eight, two off the board. Um, Number three overall, Adam Thielen. So another receiver. See, Adam Thielen was so Ten probably, receivers have already gone off the board in the last two rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Adam Thielen really should have went in front of Tyler Lockett. It's just my opinion on that one. A little bit more safer. Uh, as Kirk Cousins, red zone guy. Yeah. Uh, we, we were talking about him earlier, too. Opening dro- uh, drop. And look at me, round eight. This is perfect spot. Great value. Yeah. Uh, right after that, go back to tight end. Number four overall pick, Noah Fant. It's going right about the right spot. Uh, the only problem is, is, I don't know, as far as tight ends are concerned, it's kind of pick your poison at this point. Noah Fant, love the kid, love love the player, but we don't know what's going on between Drew Locke and uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater there. So 
If Drew Locke is there, Noah Fant's going to be great. If Teddy Bridgewater is there, who knows? And this also plays back into your uh, strategy of uh, once all the top tight ends went down, I'm, I'm not going to touch a tight end. Um, boom, this is like the f- uh, yeah, another tight end goes off the board. It's like, psh, yeah, so what? Yep. All right? Exactly. So I'm still not worried. And he went off. Our very next pick, uh, Kenny Galladay. New home with the New York Giants. Uh, not bad. Not a bad situation. You know, um, can he stay healthy? Should get it done with Daniel Jones. I'm not really too worried about the health. Okay. Uh, he had the issue last year, uh, but he seems to be over it. Um, eighth round, I think, is perfectly fine, especially as a fourth wide receiver in, in that for that go district. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. Very next pick, a uh, guy we liked a lot. I know we were talking about it. I was kind of pushing you to pick him, uh, Jerry Judy. Yes. Denver. Jerry Judy, I was hoping that he was going to drop uh, to me in this round. Didn't happen, so it, all you can really do is you move on. You move on to your secondary type guy here. Uh, but Jerry Judy runs great routes. Uh, he's open on basically every single route. It's just whether or not the quarterback can get him the ball. So that's kind of the thing. But eighth round, fuck. Eighth round, and then great the, spot. you got to think, too, Cortland Sutton, uh, knocking wood, hopefully comes back. We love that kid. I know you love that kid a lot. Yes. Uh, so the benefit of having Cortland Sutton, a healthy Cortland Sutton back, it's definitely got to help him. Yep. You know? Uh, so now you're, you're picking number seven. Uh, hey, dude, there's like 14 freaking receivers in the last two rounds go off the board. You're like, am I worried? No, no. not at all. Because no. I ended up getting one of the guys that I was kind of targeting and figured he was probably going to be right about here. And that's Robbie Anderson of the Carolina Panthers. Robbie Anderson, the number one receiver for the Carolina Panthers. And that's your third receiver. I like it. Reuniting with Sam Darnold. That's going to be a huge boost for him. Sam Darnold. And then with this coach, his head coach was his college coach. Yep. Yep. We talked about it last year that Robbie Anderson was a guy that you take a look at later in your later in your drafts last year. And he did not disappoint for being most people's probably third Fourth wide receiver. Uh, so, uh, real quick, what, what I'm kind of hitting at, uh, folks at home, if we're doing your home league drafts, waiting on a receiver, list, like seventh and eighth round receivers, real quick, uh, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Julio Jones, uh, Deontay Johnson, Odell Beckham, Chris Godwin. You got uh, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Adam Thielen, Kenny Galladay, Jerry Judy, Robbie Anderson. I mean, that's a hell of a receiving core. That's that's a that's a, a very very good pocket to have to get to wait for. Right, seventh and eighth round. Those guys are still there. Just a f- uh, food for thought, boys and girls. Yep, you probably have thought. to move them up, maybe just a, a hair, uh, as far as probably more like sixth seventh round. But I mean, <clears throat> yeah, because you take of, the quarter, you take because the, of the. Uh, 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 the, 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 the super flex, super flex. Thank yeah. you. you Thank take you. the quarterbacks out. You take the quarterbacks out of here. You have to move them up a little bit, but you move them up basically two rounds. Uh, you're gonna take them. You're gonna take them. These guys in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. Uh, it just there's no way you can. So be happy with these guys. But yeah. I would still try to secure one of those top end wide receivers just to kind of uh, have stability at the top. 
So right after your pick, uh, Leonard Fournette goes off the board. Fuck it. I don't give a shit. Okay. Right after that, a Darnell Mooney. Like Darnell Mooney. Um, we, uh, yeah. We Is like it? Darnell Mooney. You like him too early, right or right or right spot? Uh, this is his, the, this is the fourth receiver for him. This is here, the run and shoot team. Here it is a reach, but okay. not by much. Uh, Darnell Mooney is probably more of a guy that's going to go around ninth, tenth round, uh, or maybe hardly at all. You know, towards the back end. It, it, this goes back to one of the. Uh, things that I have at the beginning of the draft guide, like the the doghouse commandments and stuff like that, is uh, based on location of where you draft. Uh, we draft in between Milwaukee and Chicago, so you got Packers and Bears fans, so your guys yeah. are going to be a little bit elevated up. Uh, guys like Darnell Mooney, though, outside of there, you know, you go East Coast, West Coast, he's going to drop. So, or even even down in the south, you talk about, you know, say down in the lower Midwest, Texas, uh, Oklahoma, Arkansas. This could down, be a Michael Gallup. There. Yeah. This could be like a yeah, Trey Smith. Michael Gallup would probably be there before you would ever see Darnell Mooney. So. Yep. All right. Yep. Uh, so right after that, Mooney, uh, oh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, that's not bad. Not a bad selection there. Uh, at, uh, Not bad value, but the fact of the matter is, is you're using, you're trying to utilize him as your RB three when Javante Williams is going to end up being the number one. And, he, and this is the uh, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, and now Melvin Gordon. So he's so he's got he, a lot of he's got a bit of risk in there, uh, especially if uh, Melvin Gordon doesn't pan out. Okay, uh, Mister, I haven't selected a tight end yet. Uh, a tight end comes off the board, and Evan Ingram. Are you That's worried? A real shot in the dark. A uh, real shot in the dark. You got Kenny Galladay. You got Sterling Shepard there. Uh, Sterling Shepard, who has not been selected yet, I might add. And then you have the rookie Kadarius Tony, who is still available as well. So. Uh, Evan Ingram, you have Kyle Rudolph there who might steal some goal line looks. Uh, so it's a real risky pick. But, I mean, he was good last, he was good last year. He just didn't get the touchdowns. That's the only problem. So still not worried about tight ends. That nope. was your strategy going in. Yep. It's still continuing strong, actually. And then uh, at number 12, uh, DJ Shark. DJ Shark. I was hoping he was going to drop into the next round. Um, but that that didn't happen. That didn't happen. I like DJ Shark this year. Uh, he's going to drop because of the disappointment last year, and you're going to see that in your rankings. You're going to see that a lot in your – if you get these magazine-type ADP rankings and stuff like that or uh, uh, just people's personal rankings out of, like, the magazines that people buy, you know, that were printed in June, DJ Shark's going to be real low on those lists, so – the, no. Yeah, number 12, I'm not really liking in their draft right now. I mean, what, Herbert, the two tight ends, Waller, TJ Hawkinson, David Montgomery, then Carr, Brandon Ayuk, and then his second receiver is DJ Shark. And really uh, really leading on the tight ends. Really leading on the yeah, tight Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? And then uh, there's this. Yeah, it comes back around. Yep, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, it comes back around. So then he takes uh, TJ Shark and then Ronald Jones, Tampa Bay, which is probably, he's like looking at the board. That's probably the highest rated running back at this time instead of looking deeper. It's probably a safer safer running pick, running back pick here in round nine. In honesty, it was a better pick than the Leonard Fournette pick to be 
Yeah. In my opinion, um, Leonard Fournette. He's older. Uh, Ronald Jones, when he gets the opportunity, really showed some burst. Uh, behind that offensive line, so I don't hate the pick whatsoever in that spot. Then at number 11, coming back down, uh, because he wants his name as Team Wilson and Wilson, he takes Zach Wilson. He's already got Russell Wilson, but he takes Zach Wilson. It's a little bit of a gamble, a risky shot for a potential big upside with that offense. I like it, but uh, number two quarterback. Yeah. Team cop show, uh, Wilson and Wilson. Uh, right. Yeah, right? Like J.J. Hooker. Zach Wilson, I really <laughs> actually, I'm not completely high on as far as the dynasty aspect, but for this year, when you really look at what the Jets did this year in terms of the offense and what they didn't really do in terms of the defense, they still did not fix that secondary whatsoever, so they are going to be playing from behind. Zach Wilson is not that bad as a back-end QB um, two, if you're taking a look at, if you try to do, if you draft two QBs in your single QB league and you draft the safe guy and then you draft kind of the guy that might have some upside, Zach Wilson, I think, is one of those guys that okay. you can ha- take a shot on and at least see if he pans out early. Uh-oh, bro. Mike Kaziki, tight end Dolphins off the board. Are you worried you haven't drafted a tight end yet, man? Oh, shit. Fuck that dude. Okay. That dude is so up and down. But <laughs> he, is a, he is in a contract here. I do. I really do like Mike Kaziki as far as a player is concerned. It's just the plain and simple fact that the Miami Dolphins just cannot utilize him in the proper fucking way. And it just is fucking annoying. Um, the quarterback off the board now. Fitzmagic. I don't see anybody competing for him. Uh, he's going to be the starting quarterback for the whole year unless he really, really messes it up. So not too bad of value. No. Uh, no. It's, it's a great value in that spot if you want to take a shot on him, especially since he already had Baker Mayfield, so he could take the higher upside guy in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick has kind of transformed himself. He's become a little bit more stable of a quarterback. Uh, Still takes some gambles. He does take some gambles, but it's only when they're really fucking behind. Uh, he's a really good quarterback. He is getting up there. Um, as QB2, it's a little bit of a risk. You kind of have to play the matchup on there. If he's got a tougher matchup where they might end up getting kind of trounced, which might be few and far between, be just for the place of the fact that Washington's defense is really fucking good which means that he doesn't have to do nearly as much. So, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a QB2. Um, again, be, just, like Zach, just like Zach Wilson has a QB2 with upside, uh, perfectly fine with it. So, you're on deck. Yep. It's coming to you. Two quarterbacks, tight ends off the board, and boom. Damn it. Michael Carter, rookie right. running back on North Carolina that we love coming out of the draft. He was like what the fourth or fifth guy on our list, yeah. uh, each other's list. Like he was, uh, you know, he's up there. He's a little small, but I mean, he's got he's got the talent, man. He's got the speed. He can catch. He can do it all. Michael Michael Carter is actually the real deal. Don't I listen so. to what a lot of people say there. They're where, hating on him. Where he is now. There's there's two factions. There's guys that are Michael Carter believers, and there's guys that are Michael Carter uh, tractors. Deniers! Um, <laughs> the thing with Michael Carter is, yes, he is he is a smaller running back. The thing of it is, is what he can do 
in between the tackles. Um, he is a slippery little fucker. Uh, he can find. Gone. He's he's a one cut. He finds the, he finds the hole. That's the key. He finds that hole. He takes the one step and fucking goes because he knows that hole is going to cl- close quick. He's going to have guys on his ass. So he utilizes the speed. He is a fucking quick little guy, and he is going to get he's going to get through there. This is not Darren Sproles. Okay. Well. This is kind of a hybrid between Ladinian Tomlinson and Darren Sproles. If you remember the old Chargers offense, he's right in between there. He's got the quickness of Ladinian Tomlinson where he can hit a hole and go, but he's also got the pass-catching ability of a Darren Sproles in the, as a third down, wide, uh, third down back. Now, it does concern me a little bit. Not with Tevin Coleman, but with Ty Johnson, who was really decent at the end of last season. Uh, so Michael yeah. Carter's a little bit of a risk. But if you're looking at a ninth round, fuck, you take Michael Carter all day if you're, if you're set. When I was evaluating him, I kind of compared him to uh, college tape, DeAndre Swift. When I was watching DeAndre Swift uh, with that one cut... I mean, I thought last year DeAndre Swift's like cutting ability, one cut and go. I, I saw very same things with Carter with that one cut. And then you watch, continue to watch the tape, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. So I think he could be very valuable as a third down back, you know. Uh, so does that hurt you at all? Were you thinking of Michael Carter before your pick, or like what you what do you think it coming down to you? You know, like I said, you had uh, you had uh, two quarterbacks off the board. You were really, uh, and like oh man, a lot of quarterbacks are gone. You only have one, all right. And then a tight end, you said I ain't messing with that. Two running backs. Uh, what are you thinking coming in here? Um. There was really two coming qu- down. There was yep. really two quarterbacks on the board that were left that I really had interest in, and, then and that you, was in Daniel Jones and Sam uh, Darnold. And yeah, were you looking at other roster builds? Like, uh, who else needs a quarterback? And were you worried? I was, and I, you know, I was, and I was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, everybody at this point in time pretty much had two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um. So, Some dorks had three. Yeah. So, I mean, Idiots. it really wasn't a big <laughs> need to grab a quarterback here, but I still grabbed Daniel Jones because I have a lot of faith in him. Um, in a tier, right? It, there's, a t- there's a tier right in here where I'm not comfortable. I'm still not comfortable with the tight ends. I don't like a lot of the wide receivers outside of maybe, say, a Cortland Sutton at this spot. Right? Well, there's like 20 of them that just went. <laughs> you know, right? I already, had, I already had my three starting wide receivers. Yep, yep, that so makes sense. At this point in time, it was like, you know what? Why don't I just go ahead and grab my second quarterback? I can utilize him in the, in the super flex if I want to. If not, fuck it. It's fine. I'm just comfortable taking the quarterback here, and that's why I took Daniel Jones. And I, I like Daniel Jones. I, I think he's they, they're like we were talking earlier. Gave him more opportunities with yep. offensive weapons. Um, I like it. If, I like if, it. If Saquon Barkley stays healthy, Daniel Jones is going to have a QB one year this year. Right. You have uh, Evan Ingram, Rudolph. You have Sterling Shepard. You have Kenny Galladay. 
Slayton. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Canarius Bar- Tony. Canarius Tony. Barkley out of backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I for- I'm forgetting who number two is. Uh, was it Booker? Right? Devontae Booker. Booker. But yeah, uh, Devontae Booker. Yeah. Uh, is Gallman, Gallman still there? I have no, Gallman, to- Gallman went to. Um, yeah. Oh, he went to San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that makes him all right. So Daniel Jones, boom, and then right after that, uh, what? Uh, John Smith. Smith. So another tight end, bro. Are you getting nervous on tight ends yet? Nope. Oh, okay. Cortland Sutton. They're like, damn it. Liked it. Damn it. Right. Liked it. Yeah. Yeah. But, that's a great pick I mean, right there. He, he is still. He's gonna come back from another knee. <laughs> From a knee injury, that's kind of my concern. That's why I was going to let him drop. If I got him in the 10th, I was going to take him in the 10th. Yep, and the uh, number 5th uh, overall pick guy really made a run on receivers to build his roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he really is like, bam, he's going for it. He knew he had to. This is this guy, this uh, from the GOAT district, uh, really is the guy that said, fuck you, you took four Stud running backs, and now I'm going to go the other way. And go the <laughs> I'm going to no, I want to. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way and steal all the receivers from you. Yeah, yeah. and then right after Corden Sutton, boom, another tight end off the board. Oh, I know you're getting nervous, bro. Tyler Higby, uh, like Tyler Higby, um, but my plan was to just continue to just drop in at tight end. I'll take I'll take whomever I feel comfortable at a later date. There. It, it really wasn't a worry spot yet. And then Claypool, the Pittsburgh Steelers, receiver. What do you think about him? Like, I'm not sure about him. Like, yeah, man, he flashed. He flashed. The only concern I have, again, it's with the offensive Chase, line. Chase Claypool, yeah. Yeah, Chase Claypool. I can't remember first names for some reason today. Chase Claypool, for he had a really po- good for rookie podcast, year. For this podcast, I can't remember. He had a really good rookie year. Uh, last Man, year, some great big plays, big game breaking plays. Few and far between, though. That was the only problem. Okay, and it was hard to really pick out what was going to happen. He is still the third wide receiver yep. in that offense, and the fact that he was taken before Juju Smith Schuster is really uh, kind of a fucking travesty. Is it travesty or kind of telling about Juju Smith? Really a fucking travesty. All right. Well, next pick off the board. Oh, I know this guy, Logan Thomas. This is your guy. Um, <laughs> this and is my he, guy. I, the reason why I know it's your guy. We and you talked, and and you were. I know you were hoping that people were kind of off him, but uh, and this is what uh, this is a quarterback that would turn into tight end, and now is. Uh, Pretty productive tight end for the Washington douche canoes. And uh, it continues to grow at that position. And I'm off of him, but you put me on him because of uh, you educated me on him. You know, like, hey, look at this dude. Hey, knuckleheads. There, there's, one thing know? That, there's one thing that I need everybody to kind of look at <laughs> when you're looking at Logan Thomas. And you're going you're gonna to hear a lot of trash talk about him. And how, you know, last year was kind of a fluke. The thing you need to do is you need to look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you need to look at his history with his tight ends. When you really look at the history of him and his tight ends, go through the years with Buffalo, uh, uh, New York Jets, everything. When you go there, the, what he likes is he likes the slot. And he likes that tight end. And that tight end has really fucking flourished. 
when Ryan Fitzpatrick is under center. So Logan Thomas this year with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's really going to flourish as, in my honest opinion, he's going to still be the second target uh, behind Terry McLaurin. Right, he, he uh, definitely benefited last season with Mr. Checkdown and Alex Smith. Oh, God bless yeah. Alex Smith and his comeback. I love him. I, great story. You're probably not going to see nearly as many receptions, but I think you're, what you're going to see is you're going to see more quality catches. Yeah, I was going to say more valuable. More, you're going to see more yardage, and you're going to see more tight uh, touchdown upside. And, and in this league, more first down catches. Yes. This is the points, the first yep. down points. All right, anyway, uh, Logan Thomas, great pick. And then coming at the end of round nine, Juju Smith-Schuster. That's, it's a quality pick. Mm-hmm. He, he can't fault it when he falls that far. Yep. It's kind of bullshit, considering the, the plain simple fact that he was a third, fourth <clears> round, <throat> round wide receiver last year. He did sign the one-year deal to come back to Pittsburgh, mostly because none of the teams had the additional salary cap raised like what they did in previous years because it was a COVID year last year. Really killed off any type of uh, market for him to get. And then he had such a bland kind of So he's betting on himself. If he's there this late, I would honestly, I would take a shot on him. If I didn't need a quarterback in there, I probably would have taken a shot. Hey, number fourth receiver for this kid. Uh, the number one spot, I'm really starting to like his draft. Mm-hmm. And then the very next pick, he picks some stability potential in Sam Darnold. Yes. Yeah. Uh, remember number one pick, uh, boys and girls, it was Trey Lance as quarterback, Justin Fields, and now we got Sam Darnold. So he's kind of... Uh, hedging his bets of sorts. Yeah, you know, he, you know, like he's gambling with the quarterbacks. But uh, he, he, all right, I got one more. It's understandable what he did there. I like uh, it. I can, like what he's doing. Do, you can do one quarterback to start if the other two aren't starting, but you know that you have it kind of in your hip pocket that you're going to have two quality quarterbacks with potential uh, quarterbacks boom with, upsides with real potential boom upside yeah yep. so after Sam Darnold now we're going back up number 2 pick overall is Corey Davis receiver for the Jets new home fresh start a lot of hype behind him when he was in Tennessee because of how high they drafted him because yeah. they were saying he was the next Antonio Brown yeah he has great talent quality you know, uh, and then he had the mixture of uh, like Tannehill thrown to him, mm-hmm. and it quite didn't quite pan out like the the high pick is overall. Boom goes into a nice home where there's no pressure for him. Yeah, um, that's not bad pick. There's not a lot of pressure on him to achieve. Uh, I mean, he got, like he got, he got paid. He got paid. But the problem is, is that they paid him to be the number one. And if we really kind of go down here and look at him real quick, because right, they got they got him. Uh, they have Mims, right? Mims, yep. Because they let go Brashad Perriman, right? Yep. And then, uh, oh, yeah, what's that depth chart looking like, bro, my friend? So it, when you're looking at the New York Jets, you're looking at a couple of different things, and you got a wild card in there as well. With Elijah Moore, the rookie. Oh, that's right. Who comes Elijah in. Moore. Oh, they so, got Kuro. Oh, no, that was the wrong play. Sorry. So, 
You got Corey Davis on one side. You should have Denzel Mims, although Keelan Cole could be fighting for that spot coming from Jacksonville. Man, That's he was a solid two. kid down in Jacksonville. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, solid in the turn. He made plays. He made plays. The kid made plays he for not being a highly drafted, inconsistent, but made plays. Yeah. Uh, Jamison Crowder still Crowder. in the slot. In the slot, you're gonna have Elijah <laughs> Moore, who's gonna be the tr- the better Moore out of him and Rondale Moore. Um, you're gonna see him kind of facilitate out of the backfield and whatnot. So, you're, Corey Davis is definitely by far gonna be the number one in this offense, unless you want to consider Crowder. Out of the slot. Jamison Crowder. I had to say that in an Arnold voice because I just had to because it's Jamison Crowder. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not what we want to do. So if we look at if we look at his strength of schedule right now, full season halves and quarters. uh, Full season, he's got the 16th hardest schedule on the board. Fifth in the first, 31st in the second. That's going to be key. That's playoff time, baby. That's going to be key. That's play. That's money time. That's money in the especially, bank time. Especially if he's your fourth yeah. wide receiver. Um, when you're playing matchups, maybe guys got buys. Or you got a Devontae Adams who's got a tough matchup. Not that you would bench Devontae Adams, but. So you look You look at the headquarters. Uh, third hardest schedule to begin the year. You're probably not starting him anyways. 19th in the second quarter. 32nd in the third. So he could help you with a playoff push. 13th in the fourth quarter. Now 13th in the fourth quarter, we're looking at Saints, who I have talked about as being down this year at corner. Uh, Dolphins, uh, okay. Uh, Jaguars, yeah, should be okay there. Buccaneers, you can have your way at, at times. Uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, de- depends if he ends up on uh, what with White on it. Well, hey, if you're listening to the Bills fans, they got nothing to play for by then, uh, <laughs> right? It's no, week seven. They, you know, no, you know they, what I mean? Like, they you know think what I mean? absolutely they're going to the Super Bowl this year. All right, so we are at. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, he is the guy that everybody's kind of uh, jumping over to uh, because you're getting that incredible value off of both Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. I don't hate it. Um, it just all kind of depends on your build. Uh, I would not rely on Tyler Boyd here because he is definitely going to be the third wide, the third wide out. The other question is whether or not he's actually going to be the fourth target in the offense behind Joe Mixon. Uh, he's taking a chance because this is his fifth receiver, so he's so he's taking a chance. It's not a bad not a bad gamble here. You know, there's some potential upside. But at that same point in time, I would still would have probably taken a running back in that spot, uh, considering the fact that you only had Antonio Gibson and Chase Edmonds there. You need to start grabbing fucking running backs. You can't you can't just throw away the running back position. Maybe he's just pissed off at looking at your drift. Well, piece of shit. Next person up is David Johnson. Uh, we both love David and hate David. I mean, I mean, the big Johnson. <laughs> you know, you know, like, you know, 
Uh, I love David Johnson as a person. I love David Johnson as a player. The only problem is it's Houston. Uh, but in that in that spot, I mean, if there's one guy that you're probably going to jump number, on, you right? Can jump on David. He's a potential Johnson. number one, so by fault, he's probably going to get the volume. So, right? Because yeah. a lot of people talk about volume carries, volume touches, because potentially. But there is a crowd at what? Don't they have Mark Ingram? Now they have um, the kid, uh, the kid from uh, from uh, uh, Denver, Philip uh, Lindsay. Yeah, Philip Lindsay in there. Yeah, so uh, there's a little crowd. But so, this late, David Johnson on a potential maybe. This late, I mean, you're fine with it. Um, the reason why I was on him last year is a late fourth, fifth round pick was based solely on the fact that you're in an offense that didn't have too bad of an offensive line and you were with Deshaun Watson. The problem this year is that you're with a guy in Tyrod Taylor, which would be best, or you're with rookie Davis Mills, who I said, uh, and I quote almost verbatim, he's a great quarterback if you're running your 80s style pro offense. So he's fucked. He's he's kind of fucked. He's got <laughs> um, the only the only detraction is whether or not Philip Lindsay is going to break in in there whatsoever. I I have no faith in Mark Ingram whatsoever. So David Johnson though in the tenth round, I'm fine with it. So I think this is uh, this next pick is a, a great value uh, in a, in a great situation. And uh, I know you love this kid. I was so so on him. I, I saw flashes in him, but uh, Zach Moss, Buffalo. I, I think he's a stud. He's a starting running back. He's gonna. He's definitely over Singletary. Um, Zach Moss got hurt when he got injured earlier in the year. Um, but when he was in there, if you actually go behind the stats and actually look at it, man, if you good. actually he looked at him solid, when he ran, man. he was actually really fucking good. They just decided last year they were just not going to trust in their running backs. And that's kind of the real fucking travesty here because Zach Moss is, is a really, really good running back. Getting him in the 10th round, that's a pretty damn good pick, I think. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Next pickup is <laughs> my guy Bobby Tanyan. I was begging you to pick him because you didn't have a tight end. Yep. And uh, here he goes, right before your pick. And I'm like, you <laughs> should have grabbed him last round. So Robert Tanyan, uh, you know, Robert, are you are you worried now that uh, Robert Tanyan's on the board because uh, you're not you don't have a tight end on your roster or nope, nope. Still. I'm not. I'm not. Now, I will say Bobby T- Robert Tanyan Bobby. is a lot better. He he would be a lot better with Aaron Rodgers versus Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. Jordan Love is going to be more of a push-it-down-the-field type guy. Right, and then currently is still a question mark. Yep. Currently still a question mark. Aaron we Rodgers do, is coming back. We do believe that Aaron Rodgers is coming back. Yeah. We said it since the draft. So, uh, Robert Tanyan in the spot in the 10th round. He is a bit touchdown dependent, which which is kind of the big detraction from him. But um, they were looking the, to take the them. offense with Lafleur. This is the first time 
that we have seen the Packers actually utilize their tight end uh, to this type of extent in well over 10 to 12 years. Yeah, and they were looking to take it to the next level, especially this last minicamp. Now, I'm not going to get too crazy about it because they had a bunch of receivers that didn't show up for uh, OTAs and that, but they wanted to implement Robert Tanyan at running receiver routes. So they started putting him at slot in multiple different receiver uh, trying to get him more involved because they're doing more run looks. So Tanyan could be featured a lot more. So uh, being a homer Packer fan, that's what I hear. I mean, so his value with the first down catches and mm-hmm. the one whole point per PPR is why I was in your ear in earlier rounds. You need to take a tight end. You better get Bobby Tanyan. He goes right before you. Fair. Okay, so what do you do then? Uh, take the guy that I am very high on, the rookie out of Philadelphia and Devontae Smith. I love the kid. He's a little Boom. bit small, but he is a fucking good Boom. kid. Heisman Trophy winner out of Alabama. Love him. I, I love your thoughts. I love your thoughts on this, though. This is an upside pick, right? This is uh, this is very much like what uh, Deshaun Jackson, you know, like, in terms of, like, the big boom catches. This kid has uh, been shit on the whole time because he's small. And he doesn't fit the normal big type number one receiver. This kid is balled out every day for Alabama. You know? Every day. Yep. I love it. I love, love it. the situation. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's going to be good. And I believe Mr. Hertz is throwing a few passes to him before that. Absolutely, yes. So, and, and I know you were uh, positive on Hertz. It was a guy you were targeting. He didn't, it didn't fall to you, but boom. There you go. Uh, next picked up, uh, Curtis Samuel. Great, great pick. Um, versatile, multiple. Uh, you know, he can do the uh, the jet sweeps, mm-hmm. slot, outside number one receiver. Uh, he's got a potential for uh, big production. Like him, but I would have taken the next three guys before him. Really? You would have took Brandon Cooks? Absolutely. No. Number one wide receiver in Houston? No. Yes. For yes. me, no. I ain't, I ain't touching anything Houston besides anybody. I The only thing I'm touching about Houston is everybody who plays against Houston. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's my thing. Cooks, Debo Samuel after Cooks. Cause better, better pick than Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Landry on round 11. Hell yeah. PPR guy. Hell yeah. I love that. That's that, just, especially as your fourth wide receiver, that's fine. Yeah. And then uh, quarterback. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. <laughs> that comes back to haunt later, later too. Uh, Mac Jones has been talked as possibly being a starter right out the gate, but he's still got to earn it over camp. So as far as I'm concerned, there were still a couple of quarterbacks on the board that I would have probably taken before Mac Jones. Uh, and I, I, you're right, but he gambled a little bit because you know what he was doing? He's already got. He's got the car. This is the car, uh, Justin Herbert. So he's definitely starting those two. I still would have taken that. The next guy that comes. He's waiting. He's waiting. And then okay, right around the turn, he goes Michael Pittman. Very good pick. Very good pick there. Very solid. Then the first place kicker off the board because you did mention earlier. Place kickers have a place here with the point system. And they took Harrison Bucker, the uh, place kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs, which is really, 
really surprising considering the fact that everywhere I've seen in the Scott Fishbowl, uh, Young Ho Koo has generally been the first place kicker off the board. So, it is what it is. I'm Williams. I want to say Mike Williams. Mike Williams out of Chargers, yeah. That is oh the, yeah, Mike. Yes, the, the, yeah, the kid for yeah. Arms oh, yeah. and legs for days. Can't stay healthy. Yep. But I, shit, I would have fucking taken him in the eleventh round. Fuck shit. Up. This is. I mean, he's got finally. He's got a quarterback and give him the freaking ball. Exactly. That's not a bad gamble. Then you got Waddle, the Dolphins. Jalen Waddle. I'm not high on as far as the rookies are concerned. Uh, this was a pick because I already took Devonta Smith. I guarantee you he would have liked him there. Uh, Jalen Waddle, I'm not high on in redraft leagues, but if you can get him in the double-digit rounds and just kind of sit on him and see what happens, I'm fine with it. Then uh, in the 11th round, Ben Roethlisberger. See, now this is the pick that the Mac Jones guy should have taken. He should have taken. He should have just been safe with it, a little bit safer with it, and taken Ben Roethlisberger instead of taking the holy shit chance. That Max Jones is going to take it because you would have had Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, and Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger in your third, fucking fine, fucking fine. What were you worried about? Fuck that. You got two Otago Viola, Kirk Cousins, and Ben Roethlisberger. That was a better group of three. So coming back down, obviously you're number seven. You're in the middle of the draft again. You still haven't drafted a tight end. You finally got your two quarterbacks. So uh, here in round 11, uh, I'm, I imagine you're looking for the best valuable player available. So, like, what kind? I mean, you're not going to take a quarterback. You already got two. And you're not too fond on receiver or uh, tight, excuse me, tight end. So it's either receivers, which we just know, we were just talking about, had a massive run. So that whole tier of receivers have just gone. That whole so, nice that whole nice pocketed uh pocketed tiers of wide receivers left. Yeah. So so here, so what's you looking at here? So as a strategist we talked in round eleven. We talked earlier about how there's a cliff at running back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So handle this kinda like a waterfall, alright? Okay. So you got the cliff, the water comes down, no more running backs, but it fills into this little basin of wide receivers. Okay? You can wash your body. You can wash your body in the wide receivers. <laughs> Irish spring, baby. With your cocoa butter. <laughs> right. Don't look at me as I mock myself washing so, my body. <laughs> if you look at the running backs. Yes, sir. When you come down in that pocket of wide receivers. And it comes to it a level ta- it tier. It tapers off. There's another tier before another cliff dive at running back. So and when you th- get down to this pool... What's in this tier? What's in this tier? This is the guys that potentially could take over number one spots or will be heavily involved in their running games. Ooh. All right. So this tier consists of uh, Jamal Williams, Gus Edwards, James Conner, and A.J. Dillon. Or like a Lat Murray? Quite possibly a Lat Murray. You can even consider Kenyon Drake in this one too. Kenyon, well. oh, Kenyon Drake, yeah, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, he was a man last year. He kind of fell off. Uh, the- Naheem Hines would fall into this category because he you pair him up. He, he's kind of paired up with Jonathan Taylor. Oh, and plus you have uh, you did draft Carson Wentz early, so mm-hmm. was this a consideration to pair? 
with uh, Naheem Hines? Uh, there was a consideration there, but there was four guys that I was looking at there, and that was A.J. Dillon, James Conner, Gus Edwards, and Jamal Williams. And I took... As this was a little bit of a homerish pick, but I did take AJ Dillon. Are you sure it was a homer pick? Or it was, was a little bit, but it's because I believe that he does have a certain role in this offense, and he takes over the Jamal Williams share of the carries yeah. and catches. Now there is this misnomer that he cannot catch oh, but very he well. Can. But he can. Dude, he's running wheel routes and OTAs and catching bombs. Oh, shh. You didn't need to hear that. But I will <laughs> But I will say this. Aaron Jones is still going to be the highest uh, uh, receiver Product. as yeah. far uh, as the pass. Out of the passing game, he's going to be the bigger beneficiary. Mm-hmm. should say that. A.J. Dillon is still going to see about 10 to 12 touches a game. At least with Aaron Jones in this offense. So, A.J. Dillon is a very, very good complimentary back. You can take him as your fourth or fifth running back. There it is, A.J. Dillon. You know what what else I know, which is in your back of your mind, and we talked about it earlier in this podcast. Mm -hmm. We were debating over Kelvin Ridley. Devontae Adams. And why did we go away from Devontae Adams? Because they were outdoors late in the season. Guess what the Packers are doing outdoors late in the season? They're They're running running the football, baby! Old school style with that offensive line! Bam! A.J. Dillon in playoff season? Hell of a get, brother. Hell of a get! And I'm trying not to be a Packer fan right now, but realistically, great get. Love it. Great get. Seriously. So you go. All right, I'll settle down. So go AJ <sighs> Dillon, next pick. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Which is not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, he has a significant role with the Tampa Bay offense. And you know what? He was playing that PPR role. And, like, if you're this late round, you know, it's round 11, and you can get a PPR guy who could probably, maybe if you're, you're you got a, guy, a bye week, an injury, Get you eight points on uh, well, it's I know it's half point PBR, yeah. But like I said, you know, a bit, but you know what I mean. Late, late in the draft like that, his actual. I hate AD, and I don't like him as a person. But I the, mean, the games idea. that he played, the points per reception that he was gaining was actually, I believe, if I remember correctly, somebody said it was top fifteen in the league, like point per reception, like what he was totaling when he was on the field. So. That late in the, this late in the game, uh, Antonio Brown, just fine right there. Right after Antonio, he used to be. No, I don't know if it was his teammate or not, but James Conner. James mm-hmm. Conner, new home, new place, Arizona Cardinals. You are a little more positive on him than I am because uh, Conner is. Anybody, lie. anybody that had James Conner. Uh, the last uh, year or two is going to consider him a bag of dicks. Yes. So you're going to be able to get him in the double-digit rounds. Now, he has the talent. I don't give a shit what they say about Chase Edmonds being this. You're going to hear a lot of Chase Edmonds being the certified number one in here. The fact of the matter is that James Conner actually is way more talented than Chase Edmonds, and I can tell you that as a Chase Edmonds fan. So... 
James Conner is going to have a role in this offense. And what can happen is if James Conner hits it, he's going to secure this role. Whether or not it's through training camp or it's going to be a couple weeks into the season when Chase Edmonds gets hurt and James Conner has to take that ball. Mm-mm-mm. Interesting, interesting. And then right after Conner, Will Fuller. And Will Fuller in 11th round, uh, hey, I'd take that. But then again, it's uh, with the Dolphins. He's got uh, he's got to sit out a couple games, right? Uh, he has to sit out one game. Oh, just one. Uh, so that ain't just have bad. to finish that. He has to finish out that suspension from last year for the PED use. The only problem that I have with Will Fuller is he is more down the field target. Tua Tagovailoa has not been very good at those type of targets, especially throwing to the right, which is where he's going to load up. Devontae Parker is the way better pick. Mm-hmm. So, normally I would tell you Will Fuller in a situation like this would be fine, but he's not with Deshaun Watson. Now, if Deshaun Watson would have got traded to the Miami Dolphins and would have ended up being able to play this year, absolutely we would have been all over Will Fuller. But he would have also went in the sixth fucking round. So... You could take a shot on here, but I would. it's a complete wait and see. Don't rely on him, and that is what this team has to do. They have to fucking rely on him with Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen, their third wide receiver. Not, no, not at all. Not, not Devontae Adams, but uh, you, uh, yeah. Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Will oh, Fuller. Oh, my bad, my bad. I, I, Thank you. Yep, nope, bad. we kept that in there. I didn't. <laughs> I let you fuck that one up. <laughs> my man, that's what we might be drinking. It just is what it is. Lavisca Chenault was the next one off the board. Lavisca Chenault. We already talked that. about it. Uh, not very high on him, at least for this year. Like the player a lot. It's just the offense itself. I don't think it's going to help him out whatsoever. Eleventh round. If you want to take a shot. Just make sure that you're going to have your wide receivers set so you don't have to rely on him and you can just look at it and you can just kind of pay attention to it. The next guy is one of uh, – he's my favorite. He's one of my favorite guys, um, Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup was really like hoping Michael that he Gallup. was going to fall on the 12th uh, really coming do. back over to me. He's uh, a good very, team. very good value. Very uh, Please, for the love of God, take a shot at Michael Gallup late in your drafts and he, uh, trying to remember, somewhere around the ninth, tenth round is where he's normally going to go in a regular draft. Uh, get yourself some Michael Gallup. Just sit on him. Let him be your fourth wide receiver. There's going to be times where he's going to blow up. Next pick off the board, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry going to be more of the blocking tight end as opposed to Johnny Smith's uh, pass catching tight end. Uh, because he is more adept at that position. So I love Hunter Henry as a player, but you're going to run a two tight end set. You're going to run a 12. It's going to be Johnny over Hunter Henry. And right after that pick, Malcolm. Uh, That's Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. Marquise Ravens, Brown right 12th here. round, holy cry, he dropped uh, quite a uh, bit. Another guy that I was really hoping was going to drop to me. Uh, very good pick there. Uh, should be okay, not probably not great, but he should be okay. He'll actually be probably six-round value by the end of the year. Next pick up is Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards like him a lot. 
if I didn't take J.K. Dobbins, I would definitely have a, a share of Gus Edwards somewhere in the uh, back end of your drafts. I would take him ninth, tenth round, to be completely honest. He is going to have a share of this offense. The next pick, Deshaun Watson. Just terrible fucking pick. It's just stupid. <laughs> Deshaun Watson's not going to play this year. Next pick, uh, Cole Beasley. Probably going to get cut for his whole COVID comments, which is bullshit, but at the same point in time, in 12th round, maybe. Most of your drafts are going to go probably about 16 rounds. You're either going to have a defensive kicker, you're going to be able to get him as a last, like kind of like your last skill position player pick. Uh, completely fine in there. Next pick is Tony Pollard. Uh, Tony Pollard is good as a handcuff and a handcuff only. Do not rely on him being some guy that's going to save your running backs. Next pick, Elijah Moore. Love him. Elijah Moore is going to be all over the field. We just talked about it. I'm very high on Elijah Moore. Uh, most of your drafts, you're probably going to not have to get him higher than, say, this 12th round. Uh, probably, say, about 14th round is where he's going to go. So, 12th round comes to you. What's your pick? What you thinking? Fucking you pound still it. Had, you still don't have a tight end, bro. Don't matter. Still got to fucking pound it. Last good uh, running back, in my opinion, outside of Kenyon Drake that is left that's going to actually have some value. Uh, Naheem Hines is there. But the guy that I'm the most comfortable with, and that is former Packer Jamal Williams with the Detroit Lions. He is going to have about a 40% share of this backfield. 100% share if Swift gets hurt. Exactly. <clears throat> so uh, that is my pick. That is six running backs out of <laughs> 12 rounds. I said it right out the gate. that I, I said it. I sent out a tweet about after the fourth, fifth round that I was going to go running back heavy, and I didn't fucking lie because I don't lie. Next pick uh, I think is a great value, and I know you were considering it. Devontae Parker. Was considering Devontae Parker. Uh, Especially place and value, right? Yeah. Not high on the Miami Dolphins offense or mm-hmm. passing offense, um, but Devontae Parker in this spot, he's going to return value no matter what. Uh, fourth wide receiver for this team uh, behind Curtis Samuel, uh, Deontay Johnson, and DeAndre Hopkins. I actually think Devontae Parker is probably a better pick than Curtis Samuel. And then another quarterback comes off the board, uh, Jared Goff. Fair. Whatever. And <laughs> next pick is Henry Ruggs at number 10 going up. Good pick here. Uh, fourth wide receiver behind um, Mike Williams, Debo Samuel, Odo Beckham, and uh, DJ Moore. Not a guy that you have to rely on, so you can sit back and just kind of wait and see what happens with him. Next pick is... Quarterback Cam Newton. Now, see, this I think is a better pick than the Mac Jones on there. Now, if Mac Jones would have went in the back end of the twelfth round, I would have been perfectly fine with it. But you wait two rounds to get Cam Newton's probably going to definitely start out the season, in my opinion. Then um, coming around at la- uh, number twelve, Ku Kakuka, the Young Hoku. Yeah, Young Hoku, the kicker. Now, see, if you're going to go with a kicker, this is the kicker that you want out of Atlanta. Of all the kickers, yep. So, I'm not going to be high. I'm probably not going to draft a kicker, but 
I mean, if you're going to take a shot on one, go ahead and take a shot on him. Otherwise, just go get the kid out of Baltimore. So, yeah, then then right out of the turn, then he goes and gets Cole Komet. Yeah, he went and got uh, a third tight end behind Waller and and Hawkinson, and I think there was... He was worried about injury or something. Yeah, I think there was way better picks that he could have taken in there. Uh, definitely needed another running back. Definitely needed another wide receiver here. So I think that's shitty. Then the next pick is uh, Zach Ertz, which is pretty crazy. But, uh, you know. Uh, it's a speculative pick. Uh, it's, you're basically taking the guy that's usually been third, fourth, fifth. Uh, tight end off the board at tight end 17. So I kind of get the pick. You're just taking a shot in the dark on it. Well, there's a run on tight ends again, bro. Are you starting to get nervous? A little bit. Naheem Hines finally goes off the board. That was one of your guys. Yeah, that's one of my guys, but he's using him as a third running back here behind Mixon, Sanders, and Gordon. He needs Hines probably to be his third running back in this offense. Then the next pick is Gronkowski right before you, or kind of before him. Uh, a couple picks before me, Rob Gronkowski. Was definitely a consideration here. Um, but she says you ain't got one. But uh, he wasn't a guy that I was really kind of targeting. And then Gerald Everett, new home, new place. Gerald Everett is a guy that I, and I'm kind of targeting late in drafts. He's kind of one of the reasons why I go with this t- late tight end strategy. Uh, Gerald Everett, his actual coach uh, from the Rams is actually... Now with Seattle. Now with Seattle. So that's the thought process is that Gerald Everett is going to actually exceed uh, some of the expectations because he's with his old coach in L.A. And that we're talking like next year transition, not like a couple years separated either. So, Dude, bro, four tight ends go off the board right before you and you don't have a tight end. And there was a hey, your your tight end pool starting to fade out. So what you thinking? You know? Definitely at this point. So what you thinking? Because I know you've been playing this patiently. I know you've been playing this patiently. Definitely at this point, it is me going. I have to. I have to take a shot on a tight end. Um, I'm going to take a shot on a guy who definitely can be. Um, the second target in an offense, and it's a guy that a lot of people aren't on. Although second he is. target, oh, like a, like a number two receiver, like second a number target. two receiver, like, like second. Okay, yeah, he not could like be second a, target tight end. No, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could be the second target in the offense um, because there's question marks regarding everybody opposite of the number one wide receiver. So. And that's the thought process between behind this pick, tight end number 20, Adam Troutman, the second-year guy for New Orleans. They drafted him high. They love him. Yep. Absolutely and love him. They love him. They let they let a couple of their high-end tight ends in Josh Hill and, uh, and Jared Cook go. And Adam Troutman is going to be the main guy. So if you're going to wait and go late tight end, Definitely take Troutman, take him as the second guy at the very least. Interesting strategy. I, 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 I'm, your patience to me has played off here, especially if Troutman hits. If Winston or Taysom Hill hit, mm-hmm. 
it's going to be um, it's, it's going to be the guy. So right speaking of that, right after you pick him, Jameis Winston comes off the board. Yep, Jameis Winston. I mean, if you're going to take a speculative shot at, on your third on your third quarter end, or, uh, quarterback, Jameis Winston is okay. I'm a little bit higher on Taysom Hill though. If you're going to go New Orleans, just based on the fact that even if Taysom Hill doesn't secure the top spot, he's still going to be involved in that offense. And then right after that rookie, Rashad Bateman, which uh, is a Big Ten fan and definitely Wisconsin fan, we've seen this kid. He's messed us up as a Minnesota dude. He's messed us up. He's, he's, I, he's good. I love this kid. I but he plays kid. for the Ravens. Yeah, I love this kid, but he went to the Ravens. That's the, the only problem. That's the only problem. That's the only problem. Yep, so then you go Bateman there. And then right after that, Kenyon Drake. Holy cow, Kenyon Drake drops to the 12th round. 13th. We're in 13th. Oh, excuse me. I was looking at 12. At the, it's my bad. Fair enough. He's right. Very good value here. Yeah. Very good value if you're going to take a speculative shot. Take a shot at Kenyon Drake. Why not? Um, to, to supersede, actually, Josh Jacobs at some point. Josh Jacobs is probably going to get hurt. Law averages. Well, all the carries. Kenyon Drake can catch. Josh Jacobs apparently can't. So, and then Miko, Miko, like this is a good pick for here. I like this. I always love Miko Harmon, but he hasn't showed it. They're trying to feature him as like a PPR guy coming out of the backfield, jet sweeps. He just hasn't clicked. This is a pretty good value here. We'll take a, a chance on as it. As a seventh wide receiver for this team, yeah. <laughs> take a chance fine. on it, right? The kid's only got two fucking running backs, though. He's got three quarterbacks. Oh, two terrible th- pick then. So, I mean, terrible it, pick. It just is what it is. Yeah. You might as well. You might as well go high. You might as well just take your shots at fucking wide receiver. Right, right. But I do like Miko. Oh, and then what? Jaden McKissick. What? Yup. Yup. J.D. McKissick, end of the 13th round at uh, pick 11 in this round. Um, It's okay, but I like the next pick a lot more. Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray. That's the guy. He's definitely going to get more traction. He's definitely going to get more. He's going to get more valuable carries. And potentially carry uh, catch a two out of the backfield. He's going to get a lot more valuable carries, especially if Taysom Hill's back there. Uh, They seem to work uh, pretty well together. Right after that, he goes Latavius Murray, and then he comes back with Jalen Rager, who had an injury plague rookie season. But uh, there's some flashes. He had some fla- He had a couple flashes. Jalen Rager can get it done. It's just whether or not Jalen Hurst is the right quarterback here. But at the same point in time, you're talking about the 14th round. I'll take a shot on Jalen Rager all day. I know this next pick hurts you a little bit because we were hoping he would sneak down to you, but it was T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton. Because you were hoping to pair him up a little bit with Carson Wentz? Yep. 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 Fell yep. To you. It's, a, it's a great value. You get T.Y. Hilton, you'll <clears throat> take a shot on him all day, every day. Next pick is the tight end Smith. Irv Smith Jr. Oh, yes. Another Vikings. guy I was looking at. Yeah. But hey, this is his time to shine. Now Kyle Rudolph is gone. Uh, Irv Smith, if you're a Packer fan watching the Packer Viking games, he's a freaking annoying dude. He catches first downs, which is also bonus points in this league. Yep. He's uh, now going to be the full-time guy. Pretty good value. 
Laying here. Still a little bit of worries with Tyler Conklin there. Yep. Um, yep. He weaseled. He like weaseled his way in there. Yeah. He it's, weaseled. Yep. It's complete bullshit. If you look at Irv Smith and and his talent level and how he plays, Irv Smith is by far and away the best tight end for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, third quarterback for this kid, and he went uh, Garoppolo. Yep, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G. Behind uh, Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, or oh, no, my Mike, bad, my Mike bad, Stafford. Da- uh, uh, Dak Prescott and Stafford. I was completely off. My bad. No, you're um, looking at him. One, yeah. So I oh, mean, good. really, when you look at this, you need Jimmy Garoppolo to keep that job through the bye weeks if you're going to stay at the yeah, quarterbacks yeah. here. Yeah, right. This is so, the this is the drop. Yep. This is the yeah. Yep, yep. And then uh, your most favorite guy, and I know you have uh, I know you have his jersey. I know you have uh, autographs from him, and uh, your most favorite guy, uh, Blake Jarwin. <laughs> Blake Bag of Dicks Jarwin, love him, love this kid. Although I will say, there's pretty good value. Right I kind of like him this year. It's kind of he's kind of got the role that like. Well, it's not like Troutman because you do have to deal with the other uh, players there uh, or wide receivers there. Oh, yeah. Um, But if you put Blake Jarwin into what Dalton Schultz did last year as the uh, uh, waiver wire ad guy. Dalton Schultz is very productive. And as Packer fans, we understand that Mike McCarthy offense, like Finley, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, you, you throw that, yep. that that kind of uh, body in that offense. Mm-hmm. Mm, he's got potential. He's got potential. You it's can't this late fourteenth round. You cannot draft Dalton Schultz right now. It's Blake Jarwin. He should be the number one. Yep. Yep. So then, oh, this one hurts. This one hurts. Taysom Hill. We talked about we were talking about this before we started the podcast. They're like, "Hey, if Taysom Hill's there, I'm taking Taysom Hill. I'm taking Taysom Hill because of the upside." Uh, it was the last. It was really the last splash player available, right? As far as quarterback was concerned, but 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 well, but the, but the, the whole thing, the splash whole, in terms of upside, right? The whole thing behind it was the fact that you could utilize him. If he if he secured the quarterback job, you could utilize him instead of Daniel Jones or Carson Wentz if they're in bad matchups. The other thing is that he quite possibly can earn eligibility in other spots if they line him up at tight end. They line him up at other things. This is played through my fantasy league, so you can earn other spots on there. So that was kind of the thought process. But... Taysom Hill, he might not be the greatest thrower. He'll still throw 60%, which is fine uh, for the point structure, but he's going to get those rushing yards. He's going to get those touchdowns. For the uh, next pick, um, Mr. Uh, Dennis M. Roy um, left my house, walked down the block, and he disappeared for about an hour, and then he came back, and then he was smiling and smirking. And I'm like, I didn't want to know. I'm like, dude, what did you pick? I'm like, he couldn't, he couldn't tell me, because he was embarrassed. <laughs> but I was he wasn't absolutely embarrassed. Not, I was absolutely ah, I'm not just embarrassed. Kidding. 
I took the, it took the good value, took the number two wide receiver in Jacksonville, and I took right. Marvin Jones. <laughs> and it just goes with what I said. It's T.J. Shark and Marvin Jones. Yeah. That's the two guys. That's who should have went where LaVisca Chenault should have been, and LaVisca Chenault should be where I just took Marvin Jones, to be completely honest with you. But because of the whole name recognition, everybody shitting on Marvin Jones. Yeah. That's what happens. Right? And I got Especially him. Especially any fan from the NFC North are probably shitting on him. I, uh, right? I got him. But the, realistically, you're right. There's, there's value. I got him at wide receiver 59. So he's a back end wide receiver four in, in the league. 14th round. No, he's a back end wide receiver five. He's a back end wide receiver five. <laughs> this is the best value that you could get. Uh, and we're going to have more. We're going to debate that. And then. Uh, it's better than fucking Andy Dalton, who was taken right behind me. For fuck's sakes. Uh, we got the three coin. What is this? A Bear League all of a sudden? Austin Hooper after that. Fisker. I know you talked about him. Fisker. Ferkser, not Fisker Scissors. <laughs> and then Philip Lindsay. So that's Philip Lindsay. That, that basically okay. ends the where we're at right now. Yep. That definitely That's ends the end of round that. Yeah. Fourteen. So Fuck it. Marvin Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. He really isn't a Packer fan. <laughs> <laughs> No, hey, I, you know, so I hopefully with uh, all we talked about today, hopefully you've gotten uh, an idea of uh, a strategy, especially in a two-quarterback league. Uh, hopefully you got a strategy of being patient on uh, tight ends, and uh, hopefully you got a uh, perspective also being patient on drafting receiver and uh, looking at uh, the value of running back being – Stronger than normal this year in your home leagues. Um, I'm glad that you guys are all hanging out and listening to us, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that uh, you're along for the ride for this journey of talking through this draft and uh, um, this strategy. You know, it's fun. It's fun bouncing ideas off you, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, you know. I mean, you have so much knowledge and so much homework on all this stuff. Um, it's pretty fun. Pretty fun. What I want everybody to take away, as far as from my perspective and why we go through a draft, why we spend three hours, even if you took it in two, three parts, whatsoever, is to show that in a super flex, in a two quarterback league, you don't have to pounce on these guys, okay? You can wait on your quarterback. You can wait on your tight end. We showed in this draft that there's the two cliffs for the running backs. Mm-hmm. You have the one major cliff right after, right about uh, Javante Williams, uh, even Etienne and Josh David Jacobs. Montgomery-ish. You fall down that one, you wait, you fall into your wide receiver, your nice value wide receiver tier that you could grab into. Right, you're talking C.D. Lamb, Cooper, Robert Woods-ish area. 
all the way down to Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. Odell Beckham. Yep. You can sit in there, and then you have to get into this next running back tier before it hits the cliff. And that's where you got your A.J. Dillon, your James Conner, Gus Edwards, uh, Jamal Williams, Naheem Hines, and Kenyon Drake. Because once you pass that, there's no coming back. You're scrapping. You're fucking scrapping. You're hoping people get injured. <laughs> you know? You don't want to be in a position where you're hoping people get injured. Exactly. I've been in a few seasons like that. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so this was fun. That's this was great. Absolutely. I love fun. it. I love it. We're going to do another one. Uh, we'll probably uh, hit have Paulie uh, join me for the... Uh, Dallas Cowboys breakdown. Yeah, we want to talk to the Cowboys. We'll talk to Dak Prescott, Isaac, Ezekiel, Debo. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk defense. Yeah. Any final words? Hey, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Just, this has been fun. And hell of a job, bro. <laughs> Dude, Julio in the seventh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness, bro. Can you tell the motherfuckers is excited? <laughs> oh my goodness! But for Paul Burkholz, <laughs> this is D Roy, and we are out. Sandpaper! <laughs>